And I'm telling you, the devil is not going to have this nation. And you're, the American people are not going to spend their lives being on 90 different medications, sick and afflicted. It's time for revival. It's time for the fire of God to set this generation free. Come on, church. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. And Lord, we give you praise. Every hand and foundation church up in the air. Praise you, Lord. This is the biggest crowd we've seen. Getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking to Jonathan, if you're wondering. I'm in the middle of prayer. But that's all right. I'm going to talk to Jonathan. <laughs> Lord, we give you praise tonight. Lord, we come in expectation. Lord, we have come ready to receive. Look at me, church. Look at me. Do you come ready to receive? Yes! Welcome on this Tuesday night, the biggest crowd yet this week. Evangelist and pastor, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Well, give Jesus a great big hand clap in Northport, Florida. Somebody shout hallelujah. Well, before you're seated, we're on a bit of a heater when it comes to miracles. We had an amazing miracle Sunday morning. I've played that testimony twice. And then a lady came named Tanya from Sarasota that, uh, that drove here on Sunday night. And when she was listening to the, you can be seated. I'm not gonna keep you standing. Um, we played the testimony, the first one. How many of you are here for the first time tonight? Okay. So welcome visitors. Um, I almost forgot to say welcome because I was just doing it to gauge the crowd. I wasn't really looking to welcome anybody. But uh, being a pastor for 10 months now, I'm getting better at this thing. So this lady, this lady came to Revival Today Church in Pittsburgh, drove down from Buffalo, and said that uh, she was 97 pounds and had her central nervous system blown out from prescription medication because they'll put people that are 100 pounds on morphine every day, which from what I heard growing up, you're not even supposed to take Tylenol every day, let alone if you're little and, and on morphine, it blows their central nervous system out. So she was 97 pounds, confined to an adult diaper, and uh, confined to her bed and wheelchair, had to be carried to the toilet, and then was watching something on YouTube, and randomly, our miracle service came up. So she clicked on it. And then she heard us preaching faith, and it hit her spirit. So she kept it on play underneath her pillow. This is in May, May of this year. If you saw, how many of you were here and saw that video? She was 97 pounds as, as an adult. And um, she told, when she told, the, she left it out when she said it's Sunday, but she was raped in that condition, bedridden. Someone came in and raped her, and that's why she was carrying a baby at 97 pounds. That's why she said the, the harsh thing was that I was pregnant at that point. And then she heard the message that uh, 
the, when I preached, today I set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your, that you and your seed might live. And she said, I made the choice to choose life. And uh, she, she, she forced her caretaker from New York State to drive her, to carry her into the car and drive her to Revival Today Church. That the Sunday that Dag Haywood Mills was preaching. And, and Kofi, that's heading to Australia to preach uh, on Friday, he laid hands on her and asked God to expedite her healing. And she drove back on Sunday, drove herself, wearing high-heeled boots, uh, was in a wheelchair for, for however long. I mean, it's one thing to walk. It's another thing to walk in high heels. So I've been told. I don't know personally. I don't hang out in South Beach that much. But... Uh, She was walking in high-heeled boots and uh, came to give, give that testimony and said, I stayed at a hotel in Pittsburgh and carried my suitcases up two flights of stairs just because I could and came back completely healed by the power of God. You know, basically a breathing corpse. So we, we, we play that video Sunday night. We got it edited because I told him I want to play it to start the meeting off. And then a lady comes up Sunday night and says, when I was listening to that lady tell her testimony, she was basically telling my testimony. That, uh, and, and how many of you were here last night and heard our new friend Tanya give that testimony that she was born with muscular dystrophy and the muscular dystrophy had progressed so much that she couldn't breathe. You know, you need muscles to do everything. Your heart's a muscle. You need, you need muscles, in your, the muscle in your diaphragm's what kicks the, the uh, carbon dioxide out and allows you to inhale. So she's starting to get carbon dioxide poisoning because she can't expel uh, uh, from her lungs, the carbon dioxide. So she, she's on uh, pain medication, a ventilator, and, and is bed, bed and wheelchair ridden. And she said she put on Daystar Television and started to hear the preaching of, of, of faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you preach the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't go into people's heads, it goes into people's spirits. That's why some of you went home last night and you said, that was the best service I've ever been in. And your, your person from your family that didn't go said, what did, what did he preach about? He said, I don't know, but it was great. <laughs> because it's not going here, it's going here. And then when, when you need it, it comes out. Can you say amen? amen. And so, uh, <laughs> so, so she gets up and uh, is, it, it starts confessing the word. And her feeling starts coming back. And then when they go to do physical therapy, they tested her shoulders and hips that were rated five plus, which she'd never heard before. They were at the lowest rating, completely disintegrated. She couldn't even lift her hands to worship or anything. And her husband was standing there with tears in his eyes. I'll never forget that. That, it, you know, you have to carry your wife to the bathroom, carry her to the bathtub, uh, just completely incapacitated on a ventilator. And they came back and said, your shoulders rate perfect your hips rate perfect, and you don't need the ventilator. Completely reversed. Complete reversal. And then when she was sharing that, I was standing up here with him, and his eyes welled up with tears. He said she walked up the stairs uh, to come on the platform. He said that's the first time I've seen her climb stairs in over five years. And then her first trip out of the house in four years with no wheelchair was Sunday night to come to church. And her second trip with no wheelchair in five years or four years was last night to come give her testimony. And I'm so glad to get them on film because then you, then you can just 
mess the devil up permanently. You just keep playing it on Daystar. Now think of it. Those testimonies will go all across Russia on primetime television, all over Africa to the shame of the devil. Can you say amen? So then, as those, and those, you know, I'm sorry to keep bringing those up, but I don't take those lately. I remember uh, I was having a meeting in Wheeling, West Virginia, and I was tired of not having miracles. I would preach on miracles. I would preach on healing. And I would basically just have a line at the end of the revival having to explain to now why, you know, I believed, but I prayed, and I didn't really get any better. And I got sick of doing that. So I asked the Lord, what's the problem? I know, the, I know it's not the devil's fault because he's already been defeated. I know it's not your fault. Sadly, that only leaves me. <laughs> so show me what the problem is. Go to Mark chapter 9. I'll show you what the Lord showed me. Praise God. I, I got to tell you, and I'm not trying to get on your good side or butter up the crowd, but I did, um, what, in the last eight days, we did 16 services. I did Revival Today Church in the morning, then flew to Montreal, Quebec, and we did Sunday, Sunday uh, night, and then Monday through Saturday, morning and night, 10 a.m. and 7.30, and then it, uh, Saturday night it was 7 because there's less traffic. So then I flew back and got into Pittsburgh at 9.30 in the morning, and uh, we did Revival Today Church. Then I flew straight here. I had lunch with my family in between and um, flew down here. And that was my, Sunday night was my 16th service in eight days, which I'm not complaining, but I'm, what I'm saying is after a long set of meetings to get to preach to you people and not have like an uphill climb or resistance, have the bunch of happy people that moved to the right state, it made things very easy. So. I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being such an awesome group of people that love the Lord and love the Bible and receive so easy. Love you from the bottom of my heart. That'll be the last nice thing I say the rest of the time. You got enough New Yorkers and New Jersey people here that if you say too much nice stuff, it like puts them off. They don't trust you. They don't trust you unless you insult them a little bit. Mark, cha <laughs> Mark chapter 9. This is what the Lord showed me when I asked him what the problem was. Mark 9, verse 14. So they're coming off the mountain of transfiguration. And when they returned to the other disciples, Mark 9, 14, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What's all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Notice Jesus didn't reply. Listen, I know it's the first century and you people think everything's demons and spirits, but you're going to find out as science advances that you're just superstitious. I told you last night, one out of every three people that Jesus ministered to, there was a spirit that had to be dealt with. And so when that father said, my son is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk, and he suffers seizures, Jesus didn't say that. He said, uh, notice the dad said, so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. 
This is what the Lord, the passage he brought me to when I was frustrated about not having results in meetings with healing. This is back in my early 20s, mid-20s. And the Lord, by his spirit, as I read this, Jesus is not going to respond, well, the disciples have no business praying for your son because I'm here and only I do that. If you read the Bible, Jesus had already given his disciples authority over all the power of the devil. And as we finish the chapter, you're going to find the disciples are confused because they know they're supposed to be able to do that and couldn't do it. And that was the same confusion I was having. I know all the scriptures. I know the Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. They will lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Mark chapter 16, Matthew chapter 10. Then Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel, announcing the kingdom's near. And when you do, heal their sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. So Jesus gave the instruction where you preach, you're also supposed to pray for those that are sick that they might be well. Well, I was doing that, but I wasn't having any results. Jesus said, well, neither were my disciples, and I'm gonna show you why. You faithless people. Everybody say faithless people. So number one, Jesus put his finger on faith. You didn't, you don't have any faith. Now, religious churches don't like that, that you'd ever say anything doesn't happen because somebody doesn't have faith. Put a marker there in Mark chapter nine and flip back to Mark chapter six. Mark the sixth chapter. Mark 6, 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed, but not the good kind of amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. In other words, we know his family. He played Little League with my kid. Now, all of a sudden, he's the Messiah. He was working carpentry with Bob up until two years ago. And so, all of a sudden, this guy's saying he's the son of God. No, they were so familiar with him, they missed it. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. He's not the Messiah. He's a union guy. The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. That's why usually other people have to lead your family to the Lord. They won't receive from you. And it's actually frustrating because you'll pray for them to get saved. And then however long it takes, you find out they're serving the Lord. And man, I met this guy at work. And he told me that this, this, and this. And I've been telling you that for 35 years. But they don't receive from you, just like, they, you know, don't get discouraged. Jesus' Jesus's family wouldn't receive from him because they just, they just don't see you that way. And because of their unbelief, Mark 6, 5, he could do no mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick and heal them. And he was amazed, and not the good kind of amazed. He marveled at their unbelief. Unbelief turns the faucet of God's power off. I've told you before, God doesn't see race. Bible says, uh, I see very clearly, Acts 10, 34, that in every nation, God accepts those who fear him and do what is right. 
God doesn't care if you're Polish like me or Puerto Rican like my wife or an amalgamation of two nationalities that have nothing to do with each other like my daughter. God doesn't care what color you are. God doesn't care if you're Irish white or heart of Africa black or any shade in between. God only sees two colors, faith and unbelief. Unbelief shuts the power of God off. Unbelief draws a rebuke from God. It's actually even harsher than, him, than it repelling God. It actually angers God when a man has unbelief. God's greatest insult is for a man to doubt him. And unbelief, if you read in the Bible, is a spirit. You, people have, a, if I post those uh, videos of that lady giving her testimony last night or the lady giving her testimony the night before, you will have people on Twitter and Facebook I don't believe that. It's on video. They told their name. I'll play those biker videos of those people getting healed. You can tell those aren't fake. I mean, those are bikers. And they're saying, I didn't even believe in this stuff. My friend, you can tell. I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, that biker with the long beard, you can tell he's amazed at what happened. And he actually was looking to find a fence with it and said, there's no way I haven't seen that man take a breath unassisted for 10 years. But then somebody look at them, I don't believe that. I don't, Jesus could, could descend from the sky and stand in front of them, and they'd find a way not to believe it. And so unbelief, God's greatest insult is for a man to doubt him. God's greatest pleasure is for a man to say, I believe you, Lord. And I'm glad I'm in a room full of people that have made up their mind. I'm not a doubter. I'm not a skeptic. I believe God. I believe his word. It will be for me even as he said. Say with me, doubt and, uh, and unbelief. So that, that's the thing you fight. You don't fight the devil. The war is against doubt and unbelief. To not let your flesh and your carnal mind overrun the faith that's in your spirit. You make up your mind. No, I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer. Not I just believe anything anybody says, but I believe God's word. I believe every line from it. There's nothing in this word that, 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 that's too, well, I don't know how that can, I don't care. I'm going to train my spirit that if God said it, I'm going to hold fast to that word and I'm going to have things the way that he said I can have it. And God's word doesn't make sense. Does it make sense for you to close your restaurant on Sunday because it's the Lord's day? But God said, if you honor me on the first day, I'll bless you more in six days than the heathen are blessed in seven days. Ask Chick-fil-A whether that's encouraging speech or whether that's supernatural law. Chick-fil-A is up to $4.4 million per franchise. The next closest is McDonald's at 3.1 and dropping. Burger King's down to 900,000 a franchise, and they're open an extra day on the weekend. Chick-fil-A is shut on Sunday when every Christian is looking for fried chicken after church. I've lost track of the number of times. I've pulled into the Chick-fil-A drive-thru on Sunday afternoon and thought, wow, no one's here. I'm blessed. What favor. The last time I did it, I pulled in. I thought, I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Chick-fil-A. She went, it's Sunday, dummy. We talk to each other like that. It's fine. Yeah, and then God blesses them the next six days. God's word does not compute to the natural mind. Your mind thinks, I don't see any way that can happen. Tithing. You know, someone says, I don't, I don't understand tithing. I don't see how that could work. Join the club. 
It does not make any sense when most businesses need 107% of what comes in to break even. They need all their revenue plus loans plus leverages on property. And then God says, if you give me the first 10%, I'll bless you. That's what people don't understand. Better is 90% blessed than 100% cursed. Better is six days blessed than seven cursed. When you get in line with God's word, supernatural laws start to kick in with your favor. I'm going to tell you, that's why, that's why I love those testimonies, to listen to those two women. When in the natural, when you're on a, a ventilator and your muscles have so shut down that you don't even have enough muscle capacity to work your diaphragm. You have to breathe from a ventilator. Can't get out of bed. But the Word of God, both of those ladies have the same testimony. They didn't hear it and say, I'm not listening to that. If that God's so good, why am I like this? They both said, I heard it and I believed it. And when you believe the word, it's counted as righteousness under you. I'm telling you, you can expect tonight for God to do a mighty miracle for you and your family. There's nothing the devil has done to you that God can't turn it around today in Jesus' name. Say it out loud. I see everything turning around for my good. Now lift your hands and just begin to thank God that he's doing it even right now. Every irreversible situation is turning around for your good. Every irreversible situation. Yeah, I'm in my 70s. God doesn't care. He's in his trillions. <laughs> he doesn't think you're old. That, that, that's AARP talking. Everybody say, I'm young, baby. That's right. God's the ancient of days. He's not up in heaven and going, hey, Hank, don't listen to this preacher. You've you got to remember you're in your 80s. No. Nah. If Joe Biden can bumble around stages all over America in his 80s, surely you can walk around and enjoy life in your 70s and 80s anointed by the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? I feel like even as I'm saying that, he's trying to find his way off stage somewhere. Lost in a large velvet curtain. Say it out loud. Everything is turning around for my good. Man, I feel it. Say everything is turning around for my good. Turn to Mark chapter 9, back where I started. Hallelujah. Man, what a refreshing group to preach to. Praise God. You guys are like human Red Bull. <laughs> Mark 9, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So Jesus said, problem number one, faithlessness. Well, that hurts when you purport yourself to be a faith preacher. And the Lord says, you got to work on your faith. Well, if the problem is faithlessness, how do you increase faith? There's only one way faith comes. You can't sing for it. You can't pray for it. Faith cometh by and hearing by? Now, that has a dual meaning. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Everybody say continual hearing. Continual. Well, I've heard that before. Yeah, hear it again. Because every day there's unbelief loosed in the world. Every commercial break, when you're home watching TV, they're getting you to think of sickness and disease and problems. Preacher Jay, come here real quick. This is my friend. 
Go ahead, just jump the chairs or whatever you want to do. No, you can't. All right. It's not St. Peter's Basilica. It's not a big deal. Give my friend Preacher Jay a hand clap. Now, just got engaged. Yeah. She arrives in a shipping container from Russia on uh, third, no, just, one Russian guy in the back. Not funny. So uh, he came the last meeting I was at in Ruskin, Florida. Do you know where Ruskin, Florida is? Yeah, I've been there. I wish I didn't know where it was. Anyway, we're in Ruskin, Florida, and I saw him, and I thought, well, he, he's good. He's a good guy. I met him the same time I met Pastor Tom. When COVID hit, I basically just started finding everybody that wouldn't bow to the pressure to shut the church down. And I, th I thought I could be friends with any of these people. And it tur turns out, I mean, it's all I need to know about them. Even Baptist people, it didn't matter. It didn't matter about doctrine or anything. If you, if you believe in the church, me and you can be friends. And so he started in a military lockdown. How old are you now? So you were 23 or two then, right? 23. At 23 years old, now Nigeria had a military lockdown. Like, you're going to get physically hurt if you're outside doing anything. And I saw him doing an outdoor crusade. Not a small gathering trying to hide. Like the exact opposite. Under a tree, right? Yeah, under a tree for shade. And then had however many people come out and grow the meeting and kept preaching. And I showed Pastor Rodney and Pastor Rodney ended up bringing him over and we became friends. He's anointed. So then I would watch his meetings and he would have miracles, working of miracles. There's nine gifts of the spirit. Three of them deal with action, special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. There's no gift of waiting for miracles. There's a gift of working of miracles. I'm waiting for my miracle. That's not how it works. If you read in the Bible, in fact, in the Amplified, it says the action that God gives a man to do that elicits the miracle. So whether it's Elijah laying on the boy or, or Elisha laying on the boy, Jesus forming mud and putting it in the man's eyes. One time he just spit directly in the man's eyes. You know, I did that once. In Plattsburgh, New York, right up by Montreal, way up in northern New York, this girl came up that was legally blind and she said, because I had preached on that story. You got to be careful what you preach on. People believe it. So she comes forward in front of the whole church, Assemblies of God Church, and takes her big thick glasses off and goes, the Lord spoke to me that if you'll spit in my eyes, that I'll see. Well, back then, I didn't own anything. So you couldn't sue me. I was like Rocky in Rocky Five or Rocky Four. You know, I didn't have anything. I lived at home at my parents' house. And then back then, they weren't filming anything, so it's my word against theirs, and I'm a reverend. I said, Your Honor, I would never spit in anyone's face. So all this stuff's going through my head, and I think, you know what? I'm not going to disappoint her faith. So she took, she took her glasses off, and I spit, a real spit, in both eyes. Whatever you do, the Bible says, do it with all your might. I didn't give her a religious spit. I gave her like a Lenny Dykstra, 1993. I like this lady in the white sweater. You tried to not like me, but you fell in love with me. I'm glad that you're here. So I spit in her eyes, right? She runs right back out, 
washes her eyes out. Every Assemblies of God church has an old gross drinking fountain out in the lobby. You're not allowed to be in Assemblies of God church if you don't have one, and you're not allowed to clean it. So she bends over, washes it out in her eyes, they told me, in the lobby, and comes running back in about three or four minutes later, went to the bathroom, rinsed her eyes out, and she came running back in mid-sermon, interrupted the whole message, holding her glasses. I can see, I mean, she was yelling, and I can see jumping up and down, jumping up and down. So the service broke loose, right? And seven people came forward and lined up and took their glasses off and pointed at their eyes. Well, the Lord never spoke to me to spit in any of their eyes, but you can't pass up. I thought, when am I ever going to get a chance to do something like this? And I went down the line and spit in all of their eyes, and I don't, never heard one testimony from any of them, but the first one in got one. Everybody say miracles. So God gives, it's not waiting for miracles, it's working of miracles. It's God gives you something to do. Moses stretched forth his rod and the sea divided. God gives you a prophetic instruction that produces the miracle. So gifts of healings, everybody say healings. healings. Everybody say miracles. miracles. They're two separate gifts. What's the difference between a healing and a miracle? There was a girl in Vermont that got bit by a pit bull and I was, it, was my dad, it was my dad's meeting. I was traveling with him. And uh, I didn't do this, but my dad, where was that? Bellows Falls, Vermont. I was 21. My dad put his finger in the girl. I, I remember miracles. I remember ones I've seen when I was nine. They stand out to me. So my dad uh, prayed for her ear. She had had a punctured eardrum because uh, the, the dog attacked her. So that's called a healing because she had something that was damaged that needed restored. But then if you pray for somebody that's born without an eardrum or cochlea or auditory nerve, they don't need healed. They need a miracle. So healings restore what's been damaged. Miracles create what doesn't exist. So if you need something, like let's say your kidneys, you're in your 70s now. And they used to, you know, a lot of people are battling stuff. It's not even their fault. There's an old preacher who I love. He said, uh, he said they told me my whole life I should start eating oatmeal in the morning with fruit and brown sugar. And then now they tell me that's the worst thing I can do to start the day. So some of the advice they gave you, you know, the old food pyramid, that the foundation of your diet should be grains. <laughs> Thanks for the help, FDA. From the people who brought you the vaccine, the food pyramid. So there's things they, they told people. I mean, if you go back further than that, they used to tell people there were brands of cigarettes that are the brand four out of every five doctors prefer. So, so it got people into trouble. Well, if your kidneys got messed up and you need them healed, uh, God can heal them. But then some people have things that are damaged. That's why those two testimonies of those women, those are miracles. When you're, remember what that lady last night said? She said, the doctor said, did you see either of those clips? Those are powerful. Me, me either. The reversal where the doctor said, we've never seen that reverse before. When your muscles decay to nothing, they don't come back in your 50s. You're not two or going through puberty and you grow muscle. It's over. It's going to get worse. She made out her will. The husband, you already come to grips in your head. My wife's gone. I'm going to spend the rest of the years alone or, you know, have to try to go on dates again in my 60s. Which, man, are you sitting near people? I, I, I've told adults, please stay with me. I could never date again. I listen to people talking at other tables at the restaurant. I thought, if I, have to, if I had to do that again, I'd fling myself off the top of a building. 
Amen. Probably could have left that part out, but it's too late and it already came out. The point is you have healing, then you have miracles. Anything that's damaged, God can heal. Anything that's too damaged to be healed, God can replace. I was praying for a lady in Georgia, way across Georgia. This is the first time I ever did this, and I don't think I've done it since. I called her out, and I, you know, like you've seen me do, I can just tell the Lord's touching somebody. Then I go up, and I'm not going to have you stand here for no reason, but I, I, do, I do like having you stand by me. It's nice to have a friend. We look like we should be doing a buddy cop movie together. I'm Jackie Chan. So, uh, the way it works with me, I can feel that the Lord's touching somebody in a crowd. So I'll go to pray for him. And I usually don't have a word when I go over to him, but then sometimes the Bible says, this, this will teach you how the word of knowledge operates. Because when you see somebody operating the word of knowledge, people on TV will say, well, if that guy can really know that that's wrong with that person, why don't they, um, why don't they just tell you what the, the Powerball numbers are going to be? You know, but you don't know everything. It's a word of God's knowledge. If God gave you all of his knowledge, your head would blow off your, your shoulders. So it's not all of it. It's a piece. And then you notice with Samuel, God said, go to Jesse's home, have his sons present themselves before you. I've selected one of them to be the king of Israel. So if you would have asked Samuel the prophet on his way to Jesse's house, who's going to be the king? As a prophet, he would have said, I don't know. The gifts of the spirit are like headlights on a car. The further you drive, the more you see. You go with what God gives you, and then as you go with that, he gives you more. Does that make sense? And then as the sons presented themselves before him, he knew which one was going to be the king. So there is a proximity element with the anointing. And the more you develop it, the greater the proximity can be. So anyway, I see this lady, probably in her late 60s, early 70s, white hair, looked very unhealthy, yellowish skin, yellowish eyes, and uh, she was unhealthy. So I called her out. It took her a long time to labor to the aisle, and I was just going to lay hands on her. And when I got close to her, I felt in my spirit, there was a problem with her kidneys, both of them, and that God was going to heal them. So I said, you have a problem? I said, put your hands on your belly. I said, God's going to, your kidneys are damaged, and God's going to heal them. She bowed her head and closed her eyes. And when I said, God's going to heal them, I felt a check in my spirit. And I felt the Lord said, no, I'm not. So I said, no, actually your kidneys are too damaged to be healed. And when I said that, she opened her eyes and looked up at me like, I thought you were a faith preacher. You know, you call a person out and say, God's going to heal your kidneys. No, actually, they're so bad, even God gave up on you. But that, that wasn't what I was saying. I said, actually, no, I said it wrong. You're not going to be, God's not going to heal your kidneys. You know, if you're driving a 1979 Buick Cutlass and you take it in to get the brakes repaired, they're going to have a chat with you about maybe looking into getting a new car, that these brake pads are worth more than the car itself. So I said, God's not going to repair your old damaged kidneys. God's going to give you two brand new kidneys. So she put her hands on her stomach, and I prayed. I never got a chance to lay hands on her, and the power of God hit her like you've seen happen to people here, and she fell over backwards. And uh, two weeks later, I was in Tampa at Pastor Rodney's, and the pastor and his wife from that church were at that minister's meeting. And they came up to me, and I told you this had never happened before. They came up to me and said, do you remember that old lady you prayed for on the last night of the meetings? So I figured I'd just cut to the chase. I said, yeah, what happened? She passed away. And I wasn't being funny or negative, but I'm telling you, that's how bad off the lady looked. 
That, and I've had pastors come up to do that before. They never tell you when anybody gets healed, just when people die. Remember that person you prayed for? They died. Thanks, thanks for the confidence booster. <laughs> so I just, okay, you're coming up to tell me this lady died. I did my best. They said, no, she didn't die. She was on dialysis three times a week, which is the most they'll put you on. And when she went to her next dialysis appointment, they ran tests and said, you don't have to come into dialysis today and you never have to come back for the rest of your life. They said, it's as if, it's as if you have two brand new kidneys. Well, it can't be as if. If you go home and there's a brand new Cadillac Escalade in your driveway and the keys are there in the title, it's not as if you got a new Cadillac Escalade. You have a brand new Escalade. I'm telling you, there's nothing that's so damaged that God can't repair it. And if it is, he can make you a new one. I believe this is going to be a week. I mean, after these two days, there, you can't unconvince me of it. This is going to be a week of God's miracles for people's bodies, for people's marriages, for people's children and for people's finances. Welcome to your week of divine turnaround in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that with me, go ahead. Take 15 seconds. Do what the Bible says. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout a living hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. So I brought Brother, Brother Jam because we were in Ruskin, and I thought I'll have him just share a little bit. When I saw him having miracles on Instagram, I've done this with a few guys. Everybody say miracles. Miracle. And the Bible says there is a classification of minister called worker of, workers of miracles. They're different. So, you know, I know, um, I know there's people in the body of Christ, like, like our two sisters that have testified the last two nights. They, they needed a miracle. They didn't need healed or comforted or an encouraging word. They needed basically raised from the dead. They were breathing corpses is what they were. And so there's a lot of people like that. So when I find somebody like my friend here, I'll take them on a little tour. I've done this three times. I'll text. I never asked to come preach somewhere. But I'll, I'll text friends of mine. I'll say, listen, there's a guy I met, and he's, he's legit. I vouch for him. I'd like to take him to your church for one night so that anybody that has stage four cancer and metastasized cancer or they've diagnosed you that you're going blind, something like that, macular degeneration, and they say it's going to advance, where people, they're going <laughs> to, they need help. Got a child that was born with a major problem. As I get older, that stuff bothers me more, and I want to do something about it. So... Uh, I'm not God's only worker. So when I identify somebody that carries something, you know, I, I want to bring them to help people. So I pay for it. We rented a tour bus because Adalis wanted to, instead of traveling by jet, she liked tour buses. My wife's Puerto Rican, right? She grew up in Boston. The first meeting we had after we got married was in West Virginia. So after Sunday church, they call my wife. And I mean, my wife's like a real Puerto Rican. Like <laughs> hoop earrings big enough to have parakeets in. She vacuums in high heels at three in the morning. We have dinner at quarter after 12 at night. None of these are jokes. She'll be here Thursday night. So, um, why did I bring her into it? Oh yeah, so we go to West Virginia. 
So this, this, this older West Virginia guy, big white beard, flannel shirt, looked like if West Virginia was a person. He comes up to, Adon he comes up to Adonis and says, I enjoyed your husband's ministry. Little church, 40, 40 people. I enjoyed your husband's ministry. Would you like to come over to my farm and shoot guns? And Adon that's, how, that's what they do in West Virginia. No, I invite you over for dinner. Why don't you just go blow stuff up? So Adonis, when he invites her, looks both ways and goes, what'll happen if the police come? Because my wife had never been out of Boston. When we got married, you can't, it's hard to get firearms up there like New York. So he answered like a typical West Virginia. What'll happen if the police comes? Well, they'll stay off my property if they know what's good for them. So Adonis has never heard talk like this. So she comes up to me after the meeting, our first year being married was so fun because she had never been, you know, when you've never been out of Boston, you go to West Virginia. You might as well go to Tibet. There's no similarities culturally. For example, when they said greet one or two, three, two or three people, you know, they always do in church, greet two or three people. So somebody comes up to Adalis. Hi, nice to meet you. What's your name? Adalis. I'm going to call you Dolly. <laughs> it was like, I'm not even going to try. Any kind of name I'm not familiar with. Any name that's not in the Country Music Hall of Fame, not even, so you get Dolly. So anyway, he invites us over to the house, and she shoots, she beat him. There was 24 targets, she went 24 for 24, he went 23 for 24, and he did not take it in stride. He set 24 targets back up and said, let's go again, and she beat him again. So he gave her a weapon. Well, when she found out it's legal to own firearms, she went the other direction. She has a small arsenal. And then every time we go down south, for whatever reason, guys realize, you know, oh, you like guns? You're, you're. So then a guy will bring her a gun. Then like two other guys from the church will see it and they'll try to outperform that guy. I know that guy gave you a gun. This is a Desert Eagle 50 caliber. This will take a bear off its feet. So they, they just keep turning weapons over to her. I completely lost my train of thought of why I brought any of this up. Yes, thank you. So what I'm saying is, my wife went from Boston City, Puerto Rican, to dyed in the wool redneck. She was deer hunting yesterday. Did anybody see? With her face painted, camo, with her crazy sister, and they don't know anything about, Adonis does, but Magalis doesn't know anything about deer. So she's got candies in a Velcro pat, patch on her pants and keeps opening the Velcro to take candies out and then unwrapping the candies, which deer can hear your heart beating. So after she did it like the third time, Adonis said, we never saw anything. And I said to Magalis, if you're gonna keep opening the Velcro pocket, there's no need to paint your face. So Adonis, I said all that, this is a long, for no reason story to say, that she wanted to rent a tour bus. She wanted to have our own tour bus instead of a plane. So I thought, well, I'll take Preacher Jay and I'll try one out before we buy one to see if I like it or not, and I did not like it. When they show you a tour bus, they always show it to you all stretched out, but you can't do that when you're driving. So you have this thing in your mind, like it's this living room, you can enjoy life and go take a shower. You're moving at 60 miles an hour, and the guy hits the brakes. So if you're making coffee and he hits the brakes, the pot of coffee goes shooting across the bus at 60 miles an hour and kills someone in the vehicle with you. Anyway, 
So we, we rode together and we booked six meetings so that people could get prayed for. Oak, uh, seven meetings, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Georgia. We went to Texas. We went quite a few places. When we were preaching in Oklahoma, he was preaching and a lady had told me and hadn't told him. I brought my daughter. She's eight years old and she's losing her vision. And she's already close to legally blind, and they said she'll be totally blind before long. As he's preaching, probably, I mean, not even long, 18 minutes in, that girl starts yelling out from the third row, or second row, I can see, I can see everything, and starts reading stuff, and the place blew up. Then one miracle after another miracle after another miracle. So in Ruskin, I was telling the people that like I'm telling you, and I told him, I said, share what the Lord did went with us because it'll encourage people's faith. Most people, they've never heard of a miracle. They don't, they, you know, it's like the churches that believe miracles died with the last apostle. You, it's only possible to believe like that if you're not in a church that, that has the Holy Ghost. Because if you're in a church that has the Holy Ghost, you see the Lord do one thing after another thing. That's going to be, listen, signs and wonders aren't going to be a story for here and there before Jesus comes back. It's going to be par for the course for the end time church. Your life will be marked with one miracle after another miracle in Jesus' name. If you receive that with me, do it one more time. Take those anointed hands and put them together. Give Jesus the biggest hand clap and shout that you've ever given anybody. Somebody shout amen. amen. So I'm going to have him greet you and tell whatever's on his heart for a few minutes. And uh, we're in a wave of miracles in this meeting. And uh, even Montreal. There's, I told you on the opening day, there was a Roman Catholic lady that flew in. Her friend flew her in from Ontario one province over, because she has cancer and she's in pain. She's never been to a Protestant church. If you've never been to a Protestant church, I don't feel like I should be your first. It's like being a vegan and eating a 40-ounce tomahawk. You should have like two warm-up people, then me. So she's never been to a Protestant church. And she gets up to, I didn't know that. I saw the power of God on her. I said, lady, stand up. She fell over backwards. And he, someone had to explain to her why she fell over. Then she comes up to testify. And she doesn't know the terminology, which made it more powerful. She's never heard of the fire of God or anything like that. And she said, you're going to think I'm crazy. But my tumor's here. And I could feel fire burning it out of me. And she said, when it did, all my pain went away. Gave me a big hug. My friend, you don't hear anything like that from mosques. You don't hear that in Buddhist temples because their gods are gone. But Jesus is alive and he lives forevermore. And he said, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Will you give my friend J Preacher Jay a big hand clap? Just share for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, I love Evangelist Jonathan so much. I would travel 20 hours to get to any of his meetings. Hallelujah. You see, in the year 2020, when COVID hit, it looked like to many preachers, Jesus was dead. Maybe. I, I thought the response many preachers had to the COVID, it looked like Jesus was dead. And 
I remembered when Jesus appeared to John in the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Jesus said to him, I am he that was dead and now I'm alive. But that's not where he, he ends. He said, and I live forevermore, forever. He didn't say, I live until 2020 and then I die and lose my power. He says, I live forever and forever and forever. Listen to me. It doesn't matter the disease that shows up. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. I am he that was dead and now I'm alive and I live forever. Our God is alive. I'm so glad I'm not traveling around the world talking about the dead God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm not traveling around the world. I'm so glad I don't have to go to a city hoping what's going to happen with the sick get healed, with the blind, with the lame. I don't have to hope. It's a fact. If Jesus is alive, then he can do today what he did in Bible days. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know, the Bible says, when Jesus returns, he said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? No doubt. Not unbelief. I don't know where people get the doctrines and, and say the days of miracles are over. Over? How? What do you mean? What am I doing in my life? How? You, can't, you can't even explain away everything I've seen. You can't explain away. Some, some people say psychology. Can you psych a blind eyes open? Huh? Can you psych a blind eyes open? Can you psych broken bones back together? He says, when I return, I'm looking for faith on the earth. No doubt. Not unbelief. Not lack. I'm looking for faith. The same faith I left in the book of Acts. I'm coming back for that same faith. That same faith. Same miracles. And you see, this reminds me of a relay race. How many of you know what the relay race is? You know the race where you run and the button is passed. The button is passed. In a relay race, the strategy of a relay race is that you put one of your best runners at the beginning of the race. And that is why when the church began, it looks like some of God's best men were at the beginning of the race. So the church in the book of Acts was one of God's best men. That's the strategy of a relay race. And then in the middle of the race, you put the two of your weakest men in the middle. And so the church from the book of Acts handed over to the next church and it looked like the church was dying. And so we got to the dark ages and all of that. But the good news is, in the strategy of the relay race, the best man is always the last runner. The best man. Listen to me. God, this is the greatest hour of the church. God's best men are God's last men. Listen, Kape Takena. Listen, I know we thought that we've seen greater days. R.W. Shambach, Lester Somro, Amrehat Bonki. But I have good news. 
Those were not God's best men. God's best men are in this room. God's best man is God's last man. This is the greatest hour for miracles. This is the greatest hour for signs and wonders. It's the greatest hour. It's the greatest hour. The greatest hour for miracles. God's best men are God's last men. That's us. If you remember the story of the wedding of the Cana in Cana of Galilee, the chief in the wedding said, "Orders bring their best wine, their best wine first. He said, but you have preserved your best wine for the last. Listen, Akasha. God has a strategy for preserving the best for the last. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's yet to come. It's yet to come. God is not dead, he's alive. Miracles are not over. He's alive today. Risen from the dead. You see, I was supposed to go to India at the beginning of this month. And the, the government did everything to keep me outside of India. And I said to myself, if I get to India, or if I get to China, or maybe I get to North Korea, or South Korea, or Pakistan, or all the nations that use their power to keep preachers from getting in. I said, if I get there, the first thing I want to do is an interview. Put me on national TV. I have one question for all of them. When I get in, I'm going to ask them one question. I will say, why do you believe in Jesus so much? And they will say, no, we don't believe in Jesus. What are you talking about? I'll say, yes, you do. You believe in him. You believe in him more than I believe in him. They say, no, we don't believe in Jesus. What are you talking about? I'll say, no. Why do you believe in Jesus so much? And they say, we don't. And I'll say, then this is my question. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in his power, if you assume that this is an empty gospel and there's no life in it, if you said Jesus is dead and this message is made up, why do you use all of your governmental power to stop me from getting in? Why? 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 Answer me. Why? The gospel must be true. Jesus must be alive. Jesus must be alive. There's power in the gospel. There's power in his name. There's power in his blood. There's power. There's power. He has to be alive. He has to be alive. He has to. Why not let us lose? If the message is empty, if there's no power there, if Jesus is dead, let us lose. Why try to shut down the church? Let us lose. Huh? If there's no power in the church, but I'm telling you, you see, oh, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> you see, the church had been mocked 
and called all kinds of names and insulted, called the dance of thieves, called all kinds of names. But in the book of Timothy, Paul wrote about the church and he described it in the most beautiful way. He said, this is the church of the living God. Ah. Hey! Is the church of the living God. God is alive here. God is moving here. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He lives forever. He's alive. He's alive. We don't preach a dead gospel. We don't preach a dead Christ. We don't preach a dead religion. The, oh my, listen. The founder, I'll say this. Jesus is the only spiritual leader in all the world and in all forms of religion who rose from the dead to prove his message. The only the only that's what separates us from every other religion if you go if you go to india or you go to mecca you will find the graves of all their religious leader it says here lies prophet muhammad i'm not saying what's not in the book it's in the book here lies prophet muhammad go to india you find the grave of buddha here lies buddha but if you go to jerusalem when you get to the grave of jesus the Bible said he's not there. He's not there. The grave is empty. The grave is empty. He's not there. He's not there. He's risen from the dead. My God. He's not there. And he's still moving today. He's moving today. He's walking today. The same Jesus that walked on the street of Samaria. The same Jesus that walked on the streets of Galilee. That same Jesus is walking in this room tonight. He's walking. He's walking here. He's still moving today. He's still alive today. He's still serving people today. He's still healing people today. Living God, living church, living blood, living word. The church is not dead. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. When God builds the church, it is built on living elements. Living word. Living blood. Listen, a blood that is alive. The Bible said the blood of Jesus still speaks. Because it's alive, it's speaking. A dead blood can't speak. It's speaking. That's what the church is built on. Living word. Living blood. Living God. Living Christ. Living people. Living people. He's not dead. He's not dead. And the miracles that we've seen everywhere we go are the proofs. Everywhere. The result has not changed. In Africa, it's the same. In Asia, it's the same. In India, it's the same. In America, it's the same.
Nothing has changed. Nothing. Nothing. If you let Jesus, he'll be the same in your church. If you let him. Let him loose. Let him loose. Let him. Nothing has changed. If you preach a God of miracles, you see miracles happen. Let him loose. Let him come to you. Where else can you find help? Where else? The doctors can't help you anymore. You're aware. You've been on the medication for many years. There's no help there. Let him help you. Call on him. Let him answer. You know what it means? When people come and say the days of miracles are over, they are saying Jesus doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care about sick people anymore. He doesn't care about the hurting anymore. But that's not true. That's not true. Over 4,000 religion, only one God with scars in his hands. One, one. Over 4,000 religion, only one God took 39 stripes in his body as a sign that I care. I care that you are hurting. I care that you are suffering. I care. I care. The compassion of Jesus don't take that away from Christianity. I know religion doesn't care. He doesn't care. I heard evangelist Jonathan talking about that yesterday. How can you see a miracle like that? And say today is the Sabbath day. Why do you heal the sick on the Sabbath day? Religion doesn't care about hurting people. No compassion. That's why they come up with those doctrines. You know why? Religion does not want to be put on the scene. That's why. They don't want to be put on the scene. Because they can't help you. They can't do anything for you. So they don't want to be on the scene. But don't take away the compassion of Christ from Christianity. Suddenly COVID is here. God has lost his power. And God doesn't care anymore. So shut down the church. Shut down everything. Everyone go look for help somewhere else. But I tell you, he cares. He cares. He cares. He cares. Who cares about a blind beggar called blind Bartimaeus on the street begging? Jesus cares. He cares. Who cares? Who cares that you are losing your health and you're about to die? Who cares that your liver is failing and your lungs is packing up? Who cares that your house is about to be repossessed? Who cares? Jesus cares. Jesus The compassion of Jesus. People think when we talk about miracles, we're trying to show up. Show off? If that's show off, we're talking about the show off of the love of God. It's about love power. It's about his compassion. His compassion. His compassion for the sick. His compassion for the suffering. As I'm speaking, there are many people receiving a miracle right now. Just lift up your hands, everyone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's happening already. It's happening already. Kotale mande shande karabadi shande. Koshande le baro koshande le mande ke sotana. Receive it. Bokale de kalabashonde karadi shata. Nira de kalabaro da nena kosata. Monda le rabasho. 
what are you doing? I'm giving God a chance to move. And I hear the Spirit say, the disease and infirmity that has plagued you this many years, tonight that disease departs from you now. Departs. It departs. It departs. I condemn every sickness. I condemn every disease. I condemn every illness. I judge it tonight. Condemned. 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 God is healing someone of asthma right now. Right now. Asthma has been healed right now. Asthma has been healed right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The disease has departed from you now. I condemn every pain in your body. I command the pains to die. I command the pains to die now in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose from them. Loose from their body. Loose them spirit of infirmity. Loose them now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now give him praise in your own words. Give him praise in your own words. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Somebody shout faith. You didn't have enough faith, you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit, so that was the first thing Jesus said. You want to start seeing manifestations? Build your faith. You can build your faith to a point where it starts to, this lady with the blonde hair, black shirt, have her stand up and separate into the center, center out. Power of God's all over. In Jesus' name. Help her up. Step right into the aisle. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Close both eyes, lift your hands. As you do, Filled in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come right into your body right now. Be healed, be restored, be set free. In Jesus' name. More, more, more. In Jesus' name. Just stay there in the aisle and let the Lord touch you. Don't be in a hurry to get back to your seat. So you start building your faith. Then... They brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. Listen to this. Since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Say this out loud. If. The language of unbelief. One more time. If. The language of unbelief. If you can, Father, if you can, we just ask you, 
Faith doesn't say if. Jesus was uh, uh, offended at that. Finnis Dake, the Pentecostal theologian, wrote, has that in his Dake Annotated Reference Bible under this. If, the language of unbelief. I grew up in Pentecostal church. They would pray the most powerful prayers on Sunday morning over everybody that was on the sick list. Father God, we come to you right now. We know you're the God that parted the Red Sea. We know you're the God that leveled the walls of Jericho. We know you're the God that fed 1.3 million Israelites every day with manna. And start going like that. Then at the end, they'd wreck the whole prayer. We ask you, Father, Sister Mary's going in for surgery. We ask you to touch her, oh Lord. Heal her body. We pray that she won't even need the surgery. Uh, and keep going real hard like that. And then at the very end, but if it not be your will, we understand. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. If you're not sure whether it's God's will to hear, hear heal Sister Mary, then you can pray as hard as you want, spitting cotton and, and, and arm motions and everything else, but you're going to undercut it. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man expect to receive anything from God. James 1, 5 to 7. A double-minded man is as unstable as the waves of the sea, tossed to and fro, never able to decide on what God's will is. Well, sometimes I think God's going to bless me. Then other times I think maybe he just wants me to suffer this way because I'm learning to trust in him. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And well, how can you know God's will? Can you ever really know God's will? That's what they'll ask in dead churches. God's word is God's will. When I see what God has said in here, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he spoke it, then he'll bring it to pass. Has he said it, then he'll carry it through. If I can find scriptures that guarantee the thing I'm believing for, I can hold fast to that word, and I know God will do what he said he'll do. Can you say amen? Do something if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Offended. What do you mean if I can? All things. How many things? All. Are possible to him who believes. Everybody say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. So I want you to picture it like this. Uh, Pastor Tom, if you would. I don't mean to order you around. But if, if, if you would go up on the platform and stand. Pastor Tom's going to be God in this analogy. So this, plat this platform, this platform is where God operates in the realm of all things. Ma Matthew 19, 26, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but never with God, for with God, all things are possible. So God, so religion doesn't mind too much if you get that verse, because then it still leaves it in the realm of God. Well, I mean, no, God can do anything. Pentecostals are great at that. God can do anything. God can heal. You know, we're nothing. He's everything. But then this Mark 9, 23 says, Yes, God can do everything, but when you have faith in that God, God allows you to come up these stairs and stand on a platform next to him. And not only are all things possible with God, the man that believes God is in partnership with him, and all things are possible to him that believes. Faith gives you the capacity to stand on a platform with God and become his hands and become his feet and become his mouth. 
That faith is coming alive in your spirit. That faith's coming alive in your spirit. Lift both hands on the platform. I didn't intend to do this, but I'm doing what I'm told. The miracle ministry will become par for the course in your meetings from here on out. You won't feel like you're doing anything differently, but people are gonna get healed left and right, healed in their bodies, healed in their households, turn around for backslidden and drug addicted children. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I'm kind of glad you didn't fall out under the power because we'd have to build a new platform. <laughs> Give Pastor Tom a big hand clap. Now, man, this is a good meeting. Now, say this, all things are possible to him who believes. Say this, Lord, I believe. And I, that's why those testimonies, it's hard not to cry because those ladies had every reason to say, screw this guy. I'm not listening to this. Turn the channel. I don't want to hear about how there's some God that heals and turns everything around. Look at me. I'm dying. Then that lady got impregnated in that condition by assault while it was happening. But they decided instead, she told him the testimony. He preached, oh, that you'd choose life, that you and your seed might live. You know, you can't change what happened to you seven years ago. You can't change somebody that died prematurely 11 years back. But you can make up your mind, the devil may have won that victory. But he's not going to gain a double victory by lording that thing over my head and getting me to say, no, I don't want anything to do with faith. I don't want anything to do with victory. I'm going to spend the rest of my life sticking it to the devil, getting full of faith and winning victory after victory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Say it one more time. All things are possible to him who believes. Lift your hands one more time and say, Lord, I believe. You don't try to believe, just believe. And the way you believe is confess it. Confess what you confess you possess. I struggle with faith. Change what you say. Start saying, thank you, Father, that to every man has been given a measure of faith. I have that faith. My faith's growing. If you were the type of person that would have come in here and say, I don't have any faith. You do now. You got an hour and a half's worth. Me and Preacher Jay preached it into your spirit. So even if you did come here with no faith, you've received about 90 minutes worth. You're going to get about 45 more minutes worth. And you're going to leave here with an overflow of that substance that pleases God called faith. Tell the devil to shut his stupid mouth. You don't have unbelief. You're a believer. Believers believe. You have faith. And faith brings the victory every time. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. All things are possible to him that believes. I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. That's what preachers do. People struggle. I do believe. Obviously, he wouldn't have brought his son if he thought Jesus was a charlatan and he felt the same about him that the Pharisees did. I do believe, but help my unbelief. That's why you preach. That's why, and I, I haven't watched your live Sunday, so if you do this, I'm not knocking you. But that's why I'm not for, uh, at my church, you don't ever hear us play worship and say, now, 
Uh, as we come to this song, anyone that would like prayer, our prayer partners are here, and you can come to the platform and get prayer real quick because people haven't heard the word. So you notice even with Jesus, Jesus had to deal with that man's unbelief before he could get anything. People need to hear the Bible because faith, the, the word builds faith. Singing doesn't build faith. Singing creates an atmosphere for God's spirit to move. Amen. Amen. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd, and again, I don't mean to keep bringing those two ladies up, but I'm touched because I, I, I contend for that stuff. I fast, and I mean real fast, not American fast. American fasting is the rest of the world calls eating. And I'm fasting and praying for people that I don't even know who they are or what they have. But Father, as we, you know, we do that 21-day fast to start uh, the year off in January. That's, that's one of my prayer points. And it's been one of my prayer points through the year. Make me a clean vessel that you can flow through that people that are hurting and dying, and, and if they don't get a miracle, they're going to die. Use me that way. I don't want to just deliver speeches. I want to deliver the power of the whole, the raw power of the Holy Ghost to people. So when you start hearing about it, it makes me happy. Um, Father instantly cried, I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Everybody say rebuked. rebuked. The evil spirit. The evil spirit. Say this out loud. You don't pray for devils. You cast them out. So there's a difference between prayer and, and rebuking. There was a lady that was having a panic attack when I was preaching a youth meeting. She was a youth leader, an adult, early 20s, and her youth pastor came over to pray for her. And he didn't, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. So he put his hand on her. We speak peace. We speak peace. If you could see in the spirit, there was a little demon sitting on her head going, yeah, peace, peace. <laughs> you don't pray for demons, you cast them out. So she had a panic attack's getting worse. She's shaking and yeah, yeah, screaming, I'm so afraid, ah, it's full out demonic manifestation. We speak peace, we speak peace. <laughs> and it ticked me off so much, I, I went over, knocked his hand off of her, because he's lucky he doesn't get hurt. If demon, you know, you're gonna get your arm broken. Or, if a demon realizes you don't know what you're doing or you don't have any power, you're gonna get swatted. And when they realize you do know what you're doing, they look in their eyes and you know who they are, that they're defeated, and you know who you are, they take off quick. So get your hand off her. I grabbed her by both sides of the head. I said, you foul spirit of fear, come out. She immediately stopped, hugged me. Thank you so much. It's that easy. Don't take somebody in a back room and sing songs about the blood and fling oil around like you're at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Say it with me, rebuke, rebuke. the evil spirit. If I had a son that was on heroin, I wouldn't spend much time praying. I'd spend a lot of time rebuking. I'd say, you foul spirit of heroin that's taking control of my son. You loose your hold now in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Cancer, Smith Wigglesworth thought, that cancer is caused by a spirit of infirmity. If you rebuke the spirit of infirmity, the body will reject the cancer itself. That's what he taught. He knew a few things about healing. So, and I told you last night, one out of every three people Jesus dealt with that needed healed, there was a spirit that needed directly dealt with. Thou spirit of deafness. Thou spirit that makes this boy deaf and mute. He dealt with the devil. 
Churches that don't have any power ignore the devil and just have to send everybody for counseling. Now, when we did that, um, I haven't shown the video, but when we did that big soul winning outreach in Pittsburgh, there were 40-some LGBTQIA plus protesters. God knows what they were protesting. My name wasn't, you know, it's demonic. How'd you even find out we were having a meeting and I, my name wasn't on anything? And I'm, the, I'm not a Westboro Baptist church anyway. I'm not there to insult gay people. I don't think I mentioned one thing about gayness the whole time I was there. So what's your problem? Stand up real quick in that multicolored jacket. See, he's got this jacket on. I've never said one thing about it the whole time. I don't care. Can you say amen? Glad you. Nice jacket. I'm looking to be a friend. Amen. Please don't punch me after the service. Just a joke. So 40 people are protesting the event. Then we have, obviously we have it anyway. A bunch of them go home. Nine stay. All in their rainbow paraphernalia. They were protesters. I give the altar call. All nine. At the altar. All rainbowed out. <laughs> Ugly crying. Because it's spiritual. I said it's spiritual. The devil, that's the root. The root of all problems, either directly or indirectly, are demon spirits. No, some, some, uh, some people's problems are they make bad decisions. That's true. That's why I said some it's indirect. What, what's causing, what's influencing the bad decision? Why aren't anybody going to be making bad decisions in the New Jerusalem? There's no devil. There's no demons. They're dealt with. So any church that ignores spiritual power, you're just going to be giving people 35-minute little lectures and tossing them out. When Preacher Jay said um, that religion ignores hurting people, he's right, because they don't, and what he said is right, because they'd realize they don't actually have the capacity to do anything to change anybody. Most churches can only help successful people become more successful. If you come and you already have a business and you kind of have life together and ironed clothes and stuff, we can give you something to help. But if you brought somebody that's a straight-up heroin addict in there, they'd have to ask him to leave because there's no power over that spirit. That spirit would take power over the service. But in this last day, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will trample on the head of demons for fun. In Jesus' mighty name. And you're a part of that church. I tell you, anything that smells like a demon that's been messing with you or messing with your family, it leaves tonight. It leaves tonight. You will go home to good news in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead, take 15 seconds and lift the Lord up. Hey. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. The Lord is good. good. And his mercy endureth forever. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, I command you. It was a command. Say I, as a Christian, have dominion to command. Bishop Ben Sanita Hosu was building this church in northeast Nigeria. They ran out of materials. And it was in Benin City in the 70s. 
You talk about a supply line disruption. There's, no, there's nothing coming anytime soon. These materials are, will be done by the end of the day and we're gonna have to delay the project. I command these materials to not finish until the building's done. They never ran out of materials. It's called commanding. Dominion is what God gave the church. Dominion was the gift God gave man. He created Adam and he gave him dominion. When man sinned, he lost dominion, turned into a little groveling weasel beggar. You see people don't know the Lord, that's how they I need help. Basically, you can group almost anybody's prayer request under powerlessness. I don't know what I'm gonna do, I need help. I'm not mocking people that need prayer, but that, I don't know. They don't have dominion. Life's dictating to them when they can use the bathroom, when they can go, when they can drink and not drink, something comes over me and I can't get any relief from it till I do drugs. Something comes over me, teenage girl, I can't get any relief till I cut my skin. They have come under the dominion of something else. But when you get saved, when Jesus died, he didn't just die. The Bible says he went to the lowest parts of the earth and he stripped the keys from the devil. What keys? What keys? Who had the keys originally? Adam. God gave him the keys to this place. Then when Adam sinned, the Bible says in Romans 6, 16, whoever you obey becomes your master. When Adam obeyed the devil, he forfeited the keys of dominion to Satan. That's why in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus appeared to, or Satan appeared to Jesus, he said, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you the wealth and kingdoms of this world, for they are mine to give to whomever I choose, for they have been delivered unto me. Jesus didn't say you're a liar. That was a true statement at the time. But when Christ died, the Bible says he went, remember what we read last night? Genesis chapter 3, you have bruised his heel, but I will send another who will crush your head. Jesus went down to the lowest parts of the earth. Now, you might not have heard this. I never heard it growing up. But a man I greatly respect that's in his 80s, that's the head of the largest denomination on planet earth, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, he said all scriptures are literal. So he said, I fully expect on judgment day, when we see Lucifer, for him to have a caved in spot on his forehead. Because he said... I'll send another that will crush your head. He said that wasn't figurative. When he went down to get the keys, it wasn't, um, could I please have the keys? He cracked his head, boom, and took the keys out of his hand and arose with all power in his hand. And he gave that dominion to the church, which is his body. Now your physical body is in Northport, Florida. But in the spirit, the Bible says, you've been raised together with Christ and seated together with Christ far above. Everybody say far above. Far above. All principalities, all powers, all unclean and wicked spirits in high places. So you're not under. Anytime you hear a charismatic person say, um, there's a real principality over this area. You're listening to someone that doesn't understand dominion. Because wherever a believer stands, they are the spiritual principality in that region. You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to be a prophet. If you're a believer, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He is the head. You are the body. Is anybody's head in a different seat than their body? No. The head's connected to the body. So there's no Jesus and me. We're connected. Yeah. See how quiet it gets? I mean, no, he's everything. We're nothing. You don't understand Christianity. I've been grafted into that tree. Now, if you work with trees and you graft a diseased branch into a healthy tree, if the graft is successful, I have a question for you. 
Does the disease of the branch overwhelm the tree? Or does the health of the tree overwhelm the disease of that branch? So I've been grafting with Christ. I don't care what happened to you before tonight. I don't care what society thinks about you. When you get connected to Christ, your addiction doesn't overwhelm his life. His life overwhelms your addiction. Your suicidal thoughts don't overwhelm Christ. The life of Christ overwhelms those thoughts of suicide. I tell you again, you're leaving out of this place tonight, free of every torment and a commander of the power of God. There's enough firepower in this room tonight to blow the devil's sorry rear end back into the Gulf of Mexico. Florida shall be blessed, and you're going to be a part of that great blessing in Jesus' name. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come, out, come out of him and never enter him again. Then the Spirit screamed. How do you even get afraid of demons? I've cast many out. In many different countries, you'll find the spirits in Africa are much stronger than the ones in America. You actually find them equally weak in every nation. Come out. I was preaching in India, and I, there were a bunch of temple prostitutes there. I, I didn't know. First, trip, first time ever leaving the United States, not counting Canada. You know, and the power of God hit. They start writhing on the floor like snakes. Out, 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 like that. No, in Jesus' name. No. Out. Out. Ahora, vamonos. <laughs> I was preaching in Switzerland. I had a German interpreter because the part of Switzerland we were in, they spoke German. Let me tell you, there's no language to communicate the love of Jesus like French, and there's no language to cast the devil out in like German. <laughs> When I told the devil to come out and he translated it in German, it made me pee my pants a little bit. <laughs> come out. <laughs> Easy. Say out loud, power, power. Over, the devil. over the devil. Where does where sickness and disease come from? The devil. So if you have power over the devil, you got power over sickness. And now the Bible starts making sense. He didn't just tell you you have general power over the devil. It's not power over bad feelings or sadness. It's power over all manners of sickness and disease. How much sickness and disease? All, all manner. He gave them authority over all the power of the devil. Just If you go to California, you can just feel the power of the devil. How can you feel something somebody doesn't have? You, you have bad doctrine. That's what you're feeling. Can you say Amen. Anybody ever see that video I did where I went to the tent city in Northern California just to test out my, pull that one up too. I might actually play one of the ones I've been texting you guys to get ready. I figured I'd try this if I preached to people. Okay, so if I'm a principality wherever I am, then I'm going to go to the tent city in Northern California and just to see, see what, what happens. Start going from one tent to another tent.
I'm serious. That's what happened. Jesus sent me here to, Jesus sent me here to bless you. Turn to the book of Romans. Talk to him about sin. All have sinned and come to the sh come, fallen short of the glory of God. Preach the Roman road to salvation that they teach you in first grade. Then say, if you'd like to receive Jesus, put your hand in the middle. Not 100% not of the people did. One person didn't. One guy was sitting there with the needles next to him and just looked at me like this. So that was it. Not interested. But the rest of them all put their hands in the middle. You got the video ready or no? Well, rather than tell you, I'll show you. So I'm not showing this to brag or show you I'm like a great guy. You already like me anyway. <laughs> I'm showing you this to show you I'm not full of crap. This isn't like I can say this because we're in a room full of Christians. I'm telling you. I just made up my mind. The devil's not going to have my generation. And anywhere my foot shall tread, I'll be on land that the Lord has given to me. And when the Lord said, build me a strong church in Pittsburgh, and, and I set out just to follow the orders the Lord gave me. We've been there 10 months, and a shockwave has gone out. And all kinds of testimonies, one after another. Now the shockwave's going out of Pittsburgh. And by the miracle of media, you think God made all this equipment for pornographers? He made it so the gospel can go out. So that somebody can't get to church in Buffalo, New York, that's laying in bed in diapers, can flip her phone on and leave it on continuous play and it start giving strength back to her and start holding her food down and start walking and start driving and then the Lord give her thousands of dollars miraculously to start traveling again. I'm telling you, there's nothing the devil has done to you that God can't do something about it tonight if you'll only put your faith in him. Go ahead, watch this. All this craziness is going on and they said that they are there's this is all happening because of all the crime and all the drugs and all of that trying to save whatever is possible los angeles has become the country's most notorious tent city and the epicenter of america's homeless crisis the area is sprawling and it's not just a collection of tents under an odd bridge here or there this is an entire neighborhood of trash strewn you know one reason i made this video COVID hit I was gonna take 500 people to the big one in San Francisco and just clear it out and go out in groups of two like Jesus did, do 250 teams of two, meet in the morning for prayer at a hotel ballroom and send everybody out and I had it going and then COVID hit and we wouldn't have had a ballroom to meet in or anything. When I get the green light, I'm gonna, I'm, the devil's not gonna have my country. I told you if you were here those other nights, that angel came to my room. You know, it's like, God, you got me involved. So let's go. I don't want to have little, you know, I, I, enough. I'm not watching people get buried at 19, swept off the streets. Enough. And what Preacher Jay said is true. Most people serve the best wine first. You have saved the best for last. God always saves the best for last. Jesus is not returning for a weak and defeated church. He's returning for a glorious church. What does glorious mean? It means you're full of God's glory. So I'm playing this to show you what you are. You're me. We're part of the body of Christ. I'm nothing special. I had a speech impediment when the Lord called me to, to preach. Anything I have that's good came from the Holy Ghost. And the same Holy Ghost is available to anybody that wants him. 
And all you got to do is drive the religion out of people. Because even when I went to go to this tent city, the assistant pastor and stuff, well, you need to be careful. You get stabbed there. No, I can't. Who would stab someone as funny and nice as me? (laughs) Cologne on and showered. No, I'm not going to get hurt. You know what's funny? People go to do something for the Lord and they expect an attack. We're we're getting ready to do an outreach and um, my my kids got a fever and I had a fever. I know it was just the devil. You know, if there's ants, A-N-T-S, not A-U-N-T-S, if there's ants, the insect, that are near my house, I don't like that they're there. If I go and squash them with my foot, I'm not worried about retaliation. <laughs> I'm not worried that other ants are gonna find out about it and then they're gonna plan a large-scale attack. <laughs> Me and them aren't on the same level. I'll do what I want to do, and you'll put up with it. And me and the devil are not on the same level. I'll do what I want to do, and you'll put up with it. And you know what? Your pastor proved that. The devil ran his mouth about what was going to happen to churches that stayed open, blah, blah, blah. But this guy did what he wanted, and the devil had no choice but to just watch the church triple and quadruple and grow. That will be the story of the end-time church in Jesus' name. Go ahead, continue. Streets and broken lives... We need a place to stay. You know how, how it That's is a right human. Now. That's a human you being. They're not supposed to live like that. You're going to find somebody with a knife, with a, with a gun or something, try to, to get whatever you have, you know. And If I didn't have Tiff and Judy Shuttlesworth, know. that's me. The only difference is, is who raised me and the Bible. How can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can they believe if they've never heard? How can they believe? And how will anyone go without being sent? How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. So I went to the rescue mission first, brought lunch for everybody, got them saved. I believe in my heart, you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord and my King. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name. I am saved from the power of sin to serve the living God. Pause it. Back it up just a little. Like like two frames. So you see the lady in the wheelchair getting pushed up? So I'm praying for people. And then as I'm praying for people, people start coming from down the block from other tents, like wheeling people up. (laughs) Be ready for her next. Bringing people up, one lady, if you saw that little dog, that lady brought her dog, can you also pray for my dog? People believe. People need help. They're just waiting for for somebody to go, I never got stabbed. I wore my Rolex. I was going to take it off, and I thought, no, it either worked. It's like the the guardian angels are, listen, I don't know that I can protect you if you wear that watch. (laughs) 
He's down to clown. He's hoping somebody takes a swing at me. My guardian angel has a gold tooth. And an only God can judge me neck tattoo. Look at that. People coming across. Then as, I'm going to have him finish, but as I get ready to leave, then a lady comes shooting out with no shoes on. Are you praying for people? Pray for me. I'm addicted to alcohol. She, then I find out later she was a church secretary. Her husband died, and she started drinking and taking uh, antidepressants, and, and nine years later, she's on the streets, been on the streets. People are just like one step from coming back to the Lord, just need somebody to come help them. And I'm honored that the Lord selected me to do that for my life. I really enjoy it. I told the Lord, because in Bible college, if, if you saw on Instagram, I posted that I, the last uh, so Saturday and Sunday were a dream for me. Because Saturday night I was in Montreal, Quebec. We had the sanctuary over full, packed for all kinds of Canadians who said they hadn't laughed in two and a half years. Thank you. You know, they were under, under the gun. Then fly in the morning to come to Pittsburgh, go preach there. Then have lunch with my family and go straight back to the airport to come down with you. I told the Lord on the way down, I said, just so you know, this pace is fine with me. I'm not tired. I'm not saying, Lord, if you could just, no. This is, I've dreamed for that. When I was 18, could barely get any meetings. No one, 19, have like one Sunday night. They were like audition services. Like they didn't trust you with the regular crowds. They'd have you like Wednesday night where you couldn't really bother anybody. <laughs> and then like one youth rally. And those would be my two meetings for like five weeks. And I, Lord, I want to do this. I want to just be preaching all the time. And so when he answered my prayer, and I did those three meetings in 27 hours in two different countries, I said, hey, just so you know, I'm not tired. This, this, is, this is fine. I like this. Use me more. I'll go, to, I'll, go, I'll go sound asleep. When I get to my mansion, when I go to heaven, I may get my marriage supper of the lamb meal to go. <laughs> See if they have like a plastic container. <laughs> and then go in my mansion and lock the door for about two or three hundred years. I told Adonis, I said, I know the Bible says there's no marriage in heaven, but you've grown on me. You can come hang out every once in a while. It's fine. <laughs> Amen. But while we're here, we must work while it's still called day. For night cometh when no man can work. Go ahead. Play the rest. Pause it. Anybody go to the river here, or River Bible Institute? Anybody know her, Alresha? You know Alresha at the river? That's her. That's her like 50 pounds ago when she was skin and bones out on the street. She gets, I, pray for me. I prayed for the alcohol, the taste for alcohol to go, and then she, um, she got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost right on the street, starts praying in tongues, and she says to the assistant pastor from the church, can you send a bus out for me? She said, are you preaching at a church here in California? I said, yeah, told her the town. She said, can you send a bus out for me? You know what the guy said? Our buses only run on Sundays. I said, send a bus for her. I bet you if she was the head of uh, Wells Fargo Bank, you'd send a vehicle for her. You dummy. Don't let, her, don't let her die in the street after I did all that. Send a bus. You need the gas money, I'll pay it. 
I can't stand cheapness, and I especially can't stand cheapness when it comes to the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad you got a pastor and a wife that are five-star in everything they do? So, so check this out, because so, this isn't on the video. So that night I pull up at 7.20, like I do, and I get out of the SUV, and she's waiting there, and she doesn't even look like the same person. She went to the barber shop, got lined up, got on new jeans with the rips, and a camouflage zip-up jacket and shoes. So when I opened the door, she didn't say hi or anything. She went, smell my hair. <laughs> the words Joe Biden has dreamed of his whole life. <laughs> that way you don't just have to jam your nose in someone's scalp unannounced. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just appear. I'd never, had anybody, I'd never had anybody ask me to smell their hair before. But I, I did because she put her head down. She was happy because she stunk on the street. She got it shampooed and was clean. Because I gave her a hundred. That's the other thing. I gave her a hundred bucks after that happened because it made me happy. And she didn't have any shoes. I said, here, buy yourself some food. And she was skin and bones. I said, buy yourself some food and some shoes. Same, same assistant pastor after she walks away. You shouldn't give the addicts money. I said, you know, we just prayed the sinner's prayer. See, you know what? One thing that'll help you in the ministry is if you actually believe the Bible. <laughs> and, and, and I know people are like chuckling and it is half funny, but most people in the ministry don't actually believe that this book can do any permanent good for anybody. They think it can help, but then really you need a Percocet or you need antidepressants or you need a psychologist. But you know, if you read Matthew, Mark, and if you're, in, if, you're in, if you're a doctor or psychologist, I'm not bashing that. But Jesus never referred anybody for outside help. They brought unto him all the sick. And no matter what their sickness or what their disease, or if they were possessed by evil spirits, one touch from his hand healed them all. And he said, the same work that you see me do, you shall do. And greater. And when I read that, I believed it. And then they were clearing out these books in Bible school, at my Bible school. There was a section in the library called Controversial Literature. And I looked, it was all Oral Roberts books, all T.L. Osborne's books. And I didn't know who those people were really, but I knew that if these backslidden professors I had didn't like them, I probably would like them because I didn't like them. So if they're your enemies, I bet you we'd get along. So I, I cleared out, they were selling them for 10 cents a copy. I got Healing the Sick and Casting Out Devils by T.L. Osborne. I got uh, Oral Roberts, uh, 10 things that he, in his thing that every preacher should know. I got Kenneth Hagin's Purposes, Plans, and Pursuits, where he writes right in the beginning. I've written what it's taken me 45 years to learn so that young preachers won't have to learn those lessons. They can just read. And I used to put them in my textbook so it looked like I had the same textbook in class, but I was just reading Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne, what he learned on the mission field, praying for sickness and all that. And something from those books, when I was 19, and I got John G. Lakes, uh, before they changed the title, it was called The Soul Cry, the, no, The God Man and Other Revelations, where it goes out of John chapter 10, where Jesus goes out of Psalm 80, 82. God said to certain ones of your leaders, I say ye are gods and children of the Most High. And you know that, you know the scriptures can't be broken. It gets into the thing about, well, we have the same mind of as Christ, when we get born again, 
our spirit is joined to the Lord and our bodies carry the glory of God, that he's the head, we're the body. I'd never heard any of that. And I'm reading it and something was firing into my spirit when I was reading those books and I've, I'm yet to recover from it. What Lake put, you know what T.L. Osborne said about books? Books are great because they can't backslide. So he said, like, let's say a guy writes a book when he's 35 and he's at the height of his ministry. And later when he turns 55, he leaves his wife and for another woman and leaves the faith. But that book at 35 encapsulates what was in his spirit then when he was pure. So even if the guy goes off the rails, of course, Osborne never went off the rails. But when he came off the mission field and wrote what was in his heart about healing, books carry an impartation. Did anybody read my book, Financial Overflow, or How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation? Those books got something from my spirit. So when you read it, it'll, it'll put something in you. And those books, those men put something in me from their spirit. Where I saw the dominion John G. Lake had in South Africa, and it still, I thought, no, I I've heard, if I have to hear one more person tell me about these wicked tent cities in California, all right, enough. I'm going to go, and let's see who's boss. Let's see whether everybody gangs up and stabs me and takes my shoes and my watch, or let's see whether they get saved. But I, I got a feeling that they're going to get saved. Go ahead, play the rest. That was the plan back then. Now, let's finish Mark 9. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, he asked them, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus said, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. So when, the, when I read that, the Lord said, if you want to start seeing a greater proliferation of healing and miracles, in your meetings, then build your faith and commit to prayer and fasting. And I did. And that first meeting in Wheeling, West Virginia, I was on about day 17, 11 of a fast, believing for that. And I'll tell you what fasting does, is the Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit. So you're, proud, you're not battling the devil, you battle what you look in the mirror every day. Your flesh has no desires that are, for, that are for the spirit. And the spirit has desires that are opposite the, of the flesh. And the Bible says these two are constantly at war. You're never going to hit a place, day, night five of the revival, where now you're, you always have to keep the flesh under subjection. So the strongest desire of the flesh is to eat. Well, I mean, no, you can fast television. Or, no, if you could fast television, then anybody that lived before 1930 fasted their whole life. The word, the word in Hebrew for fasting is T-S-O-H, which means to close the mouth from food. Finnis Dake said, if man transgressed against God originally by food, doesn't it make sense that you have to shun food to go back into the place of dominion? So obviously you have to eat some or you'll die, but there, there is, you're not going to meet anybody who's done anything of note for the Lord that wasn't committed to fasting and prayer. That's a fact. Even Brother Hagin, people take his stuff out of context that he said, I live a fasted life. If you listen to his early stuff, he said, I fasted every Monday and Wednesday when I traveled as an evangelist. There's no, there's no sidestepping fasting and prayer. There's things fasting and prayer can't give you, but there's things that are attained through fasting and prayer that you don't get any other way. And every American, every fat American preacher can, can, can disagree with me. 
The skinny ones disagree too. The mid-sides. I, I hear fasting and prayer bashed so much. I mean, you don't have to fast and pray. Uh, okay. Osborne did. Hagen did. Oral Roberts did. A.A. Allen did. Guys that had born blind people healed did. And why do people always put false... Di- and I'm not going to call... Don't, don't get nervous. I'm not going to say, now in these next three days of the revival, no one eats. <laughs> I'm eating. I, even I'm eating. But when you... Um, I don't understand why people always make false dichotomies. Some people like to get slain in the spirit and roll around on the ground. But I just like to obey the word. You know you can do both? Do you know you can breathe and eat? They're not two different things. Some people, some people like to talk in tongues, get hands laid on them. I hear people mock Rodney Howard Brown without using his name all the time. People lay hands on everybody, feel like they have to uh, have some kind of experience with God, but I just obey the word. Well, you'll find when the people get off the ground, they obey the word. You can obey the word and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said that I might know you in the power of the resurrection. There should be a cry on the inside of your spirit to walk in the power of God. From tonight, you're going to know a different dimension of God's power functioning through your life in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you say amen? Now, lift both hands to the Lord and take 30 seconds and just begin to thank God that his power is going to flow through you. His power is going to flow through you like never before. You're going to see quick answers to your prayers. In Jesus' name. So, I had fasted and prayed before, but I I was committed to it now. And I was fasting and praying for signs and wonders and, and miracles and healings for the people. Not so I could like have a picture for my newsletter. I, I wanted people's kids that were sick and people themselves, like those two ladies, I want them to live and not die. So if that's the, the, the road, that's what the road I'll go on. So I'm on day 11, whatever, in Wheeling, West Virginia. And Sunday morning, I preached on the soon return of Christ. I'm not gonna keep you here all night, so don't get nervous. I know it's 9.30, which is super late. The lights are still on the, in the nursing home, for crying out loud. but I know there's tons of good Hallmark Christmas movies on and stuff, so I'm not going to keep you here. (laughs) I know. So, Sunday morning I preached on Bible prophecy at this church. This is when things broke in my ministry, when things started to break in the realm of the supernatural. And I preached on end time Bible prophecy and I announced at the end, I said, tonight's gonna be a miracle service. I said, so so I'm not praying for anyone this morning, I'm gonna pray tonight for miracles. Well, sure enough, as soon as the service finishes, I'm standing with the pastor and this lady comes up, West Virginia lady. She had a bad attitude. She goes, my son is deaf in his uh, right ear. Will you pray for him? I said, I'm gonna pray tonight at the miracle service, I said, uh, can you come back then? No. I said, why not? And so this was different for me. I used to play ball before this, but now I'm 11 days. You know, number one, if you haven't eaten for 11 days, you're a little cranky. So when she said she couldn't come to church, I wanted to know why. You want your kid's ear to come open. I said, we're having a miracle service tonight. Why can't you come back? You live in this town. 
Let me hear it. Oh, I, I'm a single mother. I have laundry. So this was normal, because I promise you, before this, I was just going, oh, yes, I'll pray now. But no, I told you an instruction. I told you, if you want healed, come back tonight. So I said, is your son's ear hearing more important to you than your laundry? Well, she was already in a bad mood, and that didn't exactly make the situation better. Of course it is. I said, then I'll see you tonight. <laughs> so the pastor, who was super religious, he's not even in the ministry anymore, he went, I'll pray for him. Father, just help them as they go through this problem. Well, if you wanted help going through the problem, I'd be happy to pray for you right now. You didn't ask me to give you help as you go through deafness. You asked for his ear that was born deaf to hear again. Not exactly flipping a light switch on. So the pastor's irritated that I talked to the lady like that. I come back that night, and she, the church is probably 40% full. And she goes like, when I, when I take the mic up at the platform, she's there. Her son's asleep across her lap, and she goes like this. Like, in other words, I'm here, this kid's ear better come open or I'm punching you. That's what was communicated. <laughs> so, I prayed for the kid first. In the middle of my preaching, when I felt the anointing come upon me, I went into their pew and I put my finger in that kid's ear. I said, deafness and hardness of hearing, I adjure you in Christ's name, Come out. Ear, come open. In Jesus' name. Well, he was asleep, never woke up. But when the anointing hit her when I was praying, she started crying. I give the invitation to get saved. She comes forward to get saved. The next night, she's there looking like a totally different person. That hard looks off her face, and she's real happy. She goes, can I testify? So I had her testify. She said, my son, I brought him home and laid him in bed. And in the morning, I went to wake him, up, wake him up for school, and I was talking to him, and he was responding, and I realized his good ear was on his pillow and his bad ear was up, which you'd never hear a word I said when I did that. I said, can you hear out of your ear? And he said, I guess so. And she said, I put my finger in his good ear and tested it out, and my son can hear perfectly. Well, when you have a miracle, it's like throwing a rock in a pond, the ripples go out. So she's there now with her sister and her mother who look on the face like she looked the night before. <laughs> but because the boy can hear, they came to hear to the meeting. That's Monday night. So they come and get saved. Now think of it. If I'd have done things the religious way, yeah, my father helped them, the kid stays deaf, and the real problem was the mom wasn't saved. She got saved Sunday night. Then she brings her, her sister and mother. They get saved, and it goes through the family. Well, this was the first meeting I had where the thing started growing. By Wednesday night, we broke the church's 40-year attendance record. By Thursday, they had the balcony packed, the floor packed, and had to set up two sets of chairs on both sides. We had four people testify that they were healed of cancer. One lady was in her 70s, had cancer of the stomach, and couldn't keep any food down. And she said, after I prayed, her appetite came back with such force that she said, I went home, opened my refrigerator door, and just ate standing in front of my refrigerator for an hour and a half, like a teenage boy. Just standing there, cheese, bread. 
She said, until I gave myself indigestion from eating too fast. And she said, I had breakfast this morning. They were testifying like that one after another. Had a bunch of other deaf people get healed. And the church packed out. I'm telling you, there is a level you can get to where you decide to put your flesh under subjection and build your spirit. What's fasting? Fasting crucifies the flesh. What's prayer? Pray always in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. He that prays in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries unto man, but he speaks directly to God and buildeth himself up. So what happens is most people, their flesh is like 1985 Mike Tyson and their spirits like 1985 Pee Wee Herman. So when there's a conflict, the flesh is strong. No, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to pray. When you start praying, you go to sleep. Your flesh is strong. But when you crucify the flesh and build the spirit, that golden treasure that's in earthen vessels, the thick earthen vessel becomes weak that the golden treasure might shine through. I'm going to tell you tonight, not only are you leaving here healed, you're going to leave here carrying the power of God and you're going to see victory where you used to see defeat from now till Jesus comes back. Now, everybody say victory. Now, I showed you that tent city. I want to show you one more thing. We did an outdoor crusade in Clarksburg, West Virginia, which had the highest heroin usage rate in the country at this point. And I felt the Lord, when I read it in the news, speak to me, go down there and stop it. We rented the amphitheater. A ton of people got saved. It's a town of 16,000. And we had over 2,000 people get saved the first week. That's a lot. In a town, and they're all local. So after we do the week of meetings, people don't want it to stop. And I felt to go a second week. It's the only time I've ever done it in a crusade because that's a big step. It's not the pastor having you stay a second week. You have to rent the amphitheater again for another 60 grand, the sound. In fact, let me tell you a cool thing that happened. I'm only, I know I'm running things a little longer, but I just like you. And, <laughs> and you're worth investing in, and, I, and I'm going to let you go, but I want you to get this stuff in your spirit. And I feel there are things the Holy Ghost once said tonight. We used to rent. I got my friend Devin doing sound back there before. Before I met him, I used to have this guy do sound for us that used to do Billy Joel's sound in New Jersey. He, he's a, he was a New Jersey rocker sound man. He had white hair, white ponytail, and he was great at sound, which is all I want. I don't care how much my pilots of my airplane uh, pray. I want them to be able to fly a plane. And this guy could do sound. So he never, this was like the fourth or fifth crusade he had done for us. He had never asked for prayer. He never got saved. He was always very respectful. You know, he'd say, good job tonight. And hand me the mic. But I could, there was just this thing like, this is your thing that you do. This is great that these people enjoy this. But it's not for me. And this couple got saved in the first week. On the form, they filled out that they live in a tent by the creek. You have that West, those West Virginia videos ready? Good job, Ben. So the, the girl had muscular dystrophy. This doesn't seem to be a theme. It seems to be a, a, a thing that's start, starting to flow in the anointing, that God's clearing that out. Any kind, lift your hands all over this place. Any kind of muscular weakness, no matter how severe it is, I thank you, Father, that it flips around tonight. In Jesus' name. You're not going to die weak. You're going to die at a ripe old age, strong in your body. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen. 
So he would wheel her in, pick her up out of the wheelchair, and put her in one of the amphitheater seats. The last night of the first week, I told everybody I was going to anoint him with oil and pray. So I said, stand up if you want prayer and stay seated if you don't, because there was nowhere to put everyone. The place was full. So she was seated, but I knew she couldn't stand. I'm talking like head like this, not enough muscle to hold the head up. Had it since birth. So when I get to her, I said, did you want prayer? She's going like this. So I put oil on her head and prayed. You wish she'd pop up right then. She just nodded her head like, thank you. And I keep going up the crowd. When I got two-thirds of the way up, there's this roar when people see a miracle. It's not like a football game because it doesn't come from their flesh. It comes from their spirit. But people like gasp so and roar. So I could hear that sound, and I said to Mike, one of the ushers that was with me, I said, what was that down there? And I found out that about eight minutes after I prayed for her, she got up and took the first step she ever took in her life at 30-some years old. So... That night, we finish, and I go to give the mic back to uh, that sound man, and when I handed it to him, he wouldn't take it. He had his phone out filming it, and had a tear, go and he went, this is awesome. I said, yeah, I know. He went, my son is a good kid. He's uh, in his 20s, early 20s, he said, but he got on heroin out in New Jersey, and um, he needs help. He said, we sent him to rehab two times. He said, let me know if you extend this a second week because I want, I'm going to get my son out here because I believe God can help him. And then he held his hand out and said, would you pray for me and receive Jesus Christ? John 2, 23. And many believed in him seeing the miracles that he did. And many believed in him seeing the miracles that he did. There's this thing that like you have miracle services or you have soul winning services. They all flow together because the same Holy Spirit that draws people's hearts is the same Holy Spirit that heals. And many believed on him seeing the miracles that he did. So I thought after all these people got saved, it would be good for them to see the function of the working of miracles and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, plus a lot of them still needed delivered from stuff. So I called my Uncle Ted and asked him to come for week two, and I thought, instead of you having to calm the crowd down, I'll preach a salvation message for 12 minutes, and then I'll swing it to you to flow in the gifts. And buddy, it was awesome. Remember that these people have been saved at most six days. Some of them were visitors that night when you watch. Watch what the Lord did these two nights and then we're, I'm going to declare something, and then we're going to pray. And you're going to leave here the happiest people in Florida, in all of Florida, in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead and watch. Go ahead. On Tuesday night at Festival of Life in Clarksburg, people were saved, delivered from addictions, and healed from diseases. Check it out. I pray you would show this new generation that you are still the almighty God who made the heavens and the earth. Turn it up a little. And that there's no Red Sea you can't part. There's no mountain you can't move. There's no sickness you can't heal. There's no family that you can't restore. Let tonight be a night of great demonstration of your power. I mean, I always believe in God and stuff. You know, I just, I never felt nothing like that before, but. Jennifer gave their hearts to Jesus at Festival of Life in Clarksburg, and with their salvation, they also received healing. The Lord showed me it was a small bleed here in the brain. Did 
you go to a doctor to find out what it was? What did he tell you? He said it was caused by a tumor. Did they tell you they'd take it out? Do you have an operation? Yes. They take the tumor out. But the other day, the symptoms came back on you. How would he know? How would he know that he was sick? You know, he wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't know what he was struggling with. The doctor couldn't do it. So we called in another doctor. His name's Jesus. Somebody shout, Dr. Jesus. There it is. Lift your hands. He's going to be healed. Jesus of Nazareth. Let the power of God go through Bill. Just let him sit there. He can't stand under that anointing. Now look at me. You'll see your eye came open. Has it? Clear? Blurriness gone? It's just like I felt like a new person. It just, you know, I just felt like everything went away at that point. It felt great. Bill's wife, Jennifer, was next. The other night, you coughed and coughed for over a half hour. And he had to get you some water. Now, it doesn't make any difference what the pain is in your chest you're causing it. If you get healed tonight, you're healed. Yeah, I didn't, well, I've, I've, had, I've been having chest pains. And I thought it was stress, you know, work, stress, you know, whatever, whatever. And it was hard for me sometimes to breathe. And for him to say that to me, how could you even know? I curse the taste of nicotine in the name of Jesus Christ. It was awesome. awesome. Watch what happened because he Jennifer cursed nicotine. Everybody just came up and did that. Nicotine. Looks like somebody robbed a liquor store. Brought all of their cigarettes to the altar. No one asked them to. The move of God continued. Just wave at me. You have like a white striped top on. I tell you, I didn't know what to believe until he told me what was wrong with me. And West I Virginia was a person, it would be her. Nobody about it. You have three conditions in your body. I feel the Lord showed me this afternoon when I was praying. One of the problems is in your legs, and you're starting to lose feeling in your legs and feet. Deborah Johnson could barely make it down the steps to the altar. I mean, I could barely walk. It hurt so bad to stand up or even bend down with my knees. Thank the good Lord, he healed my body. I was praying and I saw your face. And I said, who is this woman? I knew the Lord said, you'll meet her when you get to the meeting. And I did. I, yeah, I believed and I believed you could be healed. But I had never been prayed over to be healed. Jesus, heal this woman in her hips now. I command the numbness and circulation to be healed. I just felt a lot of pressure left my body, and something just entered it. And I got uh, my legs got strength in them, and I couldn't stop them. <laughs> they just wanted to go. Go out of her body in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. I haven't walked like this in a long time. Take off and walk across there and test it out. By Tuesday night, in just three services, 579 people received Jesus. I got something better than a prize. I got Jesus and I got healed. So now all these sinners go out and tell their friends what happened. So here's the next night. The next night was off the hook.
copyright free music. On Wednesday night, the entire audience was promised personal prayer. And as a result, the miracles were so mighty that there were too many to count. But there were at least a dozen deaf ears open. Check it out. That's Mariah, you hear pop. It popped. I felt a pop. Miracles were popping up all <laughs> over the Clarksburg Amphitheater. You found deaf spirit in the mighty name of Jesus, the head of the church. Come. Oh! What happened? Tonight was the most wonderful night I have ever had. God absolutely restored my hearing both left and right. Open for the glory of God. Clear. Clear. I have been diagnosed with hand loss since I was five years old. I am now 30 years old. What happened? You're smiling. I can hear. Your ears just came open. You believe Jesus did it? Yes. He did it then. He did it tonight. He'll do it with you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for all of you. I've got it. Jesus did it. So she I'm can't read lips. Now. In the power of God, he has opened my ears. Lacey Workman's ears were opened after 25 years. And next was Renita Mitchell, who had been deaf for over 30 years. You were in a car accident when you were eight. Yes. Um, I was in a car accident when I was eight years old, and I hit my head off of the road, and, and from what I was told, ruptured my eardrum. You found deaf spirit that came to her when she was eight through an accident. You cannot stay. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come. Oh, in Jesus. Amen. You hear me a little better, don't you? What happened? It popped. And I can hear for the first time in 31 years. It popped. Your ear popped open? There's been many a times when I doubted and I didn't believe, even though, you know, even though I believe in God, even though I go to church, even though I read my Bible, there's been many times that I, I doubted and just didn't think that God heard my prayers. But I'm here to tell you that he does. Pastor Tim Nichols had two prayers answered. I'm a pastor of a church and I can't hear the people when I'm praying, when they're asking me for prayer, and I couldn't hear them and understand them, and I need my Worked hearing in a factory. so I can help the people. In one of your eyes, the enemy tried to bring a problem in one of the eyes. Isn't that right? Yes. True? Yes. You're gonna get two miracles tonight. He had that all down right. And my eye, when he talked about it, I had a piece of metal cut clear across my eye and it was caused me a lot of problems. There it is for the glory of God. What happened? Oh, that ear's coming clear. It came open and it's clear. Someone say it's coming clear. This is real. This is God. This is the God that loves us. He cares very much about us and he wants to heal us. Oh, he loves me. <laughs> he, he does. Dorothy Fox felt the love of God when she received her healing. I just believed that the Lord was gonna touch me tonight. Two things. Number one, the Lord's going to make your blood right. The beginning of diabetes, is that right? That's right. I heard the Lord say to me, is going away. Praise God. In one of your legs, you've already started losing feeling, and it gets shaky in that leg. That's been a, it's been a struggle, and it's affected my legs, and uh, the neuropathy was beginning to happen also, and I've been battling arthritis as well. One more thing, right here in the back of your neck and into your shoulder, 
the beginning of arthritis and some restriction and pain. True? Yes. Move your head any way you want. You'll see there's no pain. No pain. And no pain for Earl Kelly either after living in daily pain from an accident 22 years ago. He has no kneecap. He has no kneecap. He fell. How many feet? 39 feet. The doctor put a bunch of pins and a boat wire in there. He has no kneecap. You just feel all this metal. Well, I just never knew when my legs was going to kick out from under me and I'd go down sometimes and hurt myself. Oh, my God. That's me sir. watching because I've never seen a kneecap grow before. How many see a kneecap here? Can you see it? Pastor, if you put your hand there, you're going to feel a kneecap now. Yeah, absolutely. You feel that? Felt like the leg was coming more alive. You feel that? You do, don't you? Yes, sir. I felt a pop when it bent. It hurt, but it felt good. This would be what we would call a creative miracle. He believed in God's wonderful healing power. We both did. Start walking across there on your new kneecap. I feel wonderful. Come to Jesus tonight, and he'll not only save you, he'll take what the devil meant to destroy your life and turn it around in one night. 683 people have received Jesus so far this week, and we are just past the halfway point. Even more have had their lives forever changed. For Festival of Life, I'm Stephanie Esposito. I'm going to read you one final scripture. I want you to listen. Early the next morning, 2 Chronicles 2020. The army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets, and you'll prosper. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endureth forever. At the very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting against each other. And they killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began to attack each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather up the spoil or the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could hold. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to gather it all up. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, tam trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all, listen to this now, when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, 
The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace. For the Lord gave them rest round about from all their, from all their troubles. The Lord gave them rest round about from all their troubles. The Lord gave them relief round about from all their troubles. I started in Mark chapter 9 that God can turn a little boy's life around and him and his dad. And he did. But you know the same miracle power that did all those things we've talked about and shown on the video can turn a nation around? Did you know that? Now I'm going to tell you something. Until the tribulation, which we're not in because I'm here. You'll know you're in the tribulation when I'm gone. The church is not here for the tribulation. This is not the tribulation. So during this time that we're in, the devil is not allowed to continually assault a nation with blow after blow. You know, when Jesus got those three um, temptations in the wilderness and he answered, the Bible says that Satan left him alone for a season. We have it here that Satan, after he attacked and they defeated the attack, the devil had to leave them alone. The Lord gave their nation rest round about from all their troubles. Now, God's had me in 2 Chronicles 20 since the COVID. The first time they gather in the temple, separation. Who will stand in the temple and who won't? Number two, the ones that gather are strengthened. Number three, the Lord gives them victory over their enemies and then rest round about. 2020, who will stand in the Lord's temple? 2021, the Lord strengthened, I will strengthen that which remains. Then this victory over all their enemies, and next year, you're going to see the Lord give a relief to the, this nation called the United States of America. Now, Ron DeSantis was up uh, 60% to 38% on my way in. Governor Stitt in Oklahoma, whose spirit filled, has already won. Stacey Abrams defeated. Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke defeated in Texas. They knew, listen now, they knew, they knew it was going to be bad for the Democrats. It is worse than they could have imagined. It's been around. Now, I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this for a reason. That demonic transgender children Lockdown people, communism, anti-gospel spirit has been thoroughly destroyed in this nation and rejected by the people of America. The devil assaulted this place for two and a half years, but now he is defeated. And now is the time of the church having rest round about from all her struggles. Say this out loud. God's hand, God's hand is on the America. I told the people when I was up in Canada, I had them say, a new day for Canada. Canada's going to follow suit. The devil is not allowed to continually harass nations with blow after blow. We've withstood it. We've defeated it by the help of God. And now you're going to see revival flow through this land like never before. From Boston, Massachusetts to Maui, Hawaii. From Wasilla, Alaska down to Laredo, Texas. From West Palm Beach to Northport, Florida and all across this land. America 
will not have its final chapter written by the devil. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ shall write the last chapter of this nation. If you receive that with me, take 30 good seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout. Shout unto God. Come on, let the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The army, I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. At one point in Maricopa County, blue Maricopa County, Phoenix, votes were being cast through the GOP at a four to one rate. Four to one. People have had enough of this crap. Now, listen to me. If you see the United Nations announce they're going to relocate out of New York to somewhere else, that will be a sign that that Antichrist spirit has been completely driven out of the nation. Enough is enough. The same miracle power that can create a kneecap or open a deaf ear, God said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will and turn from their sins, repent of their sins and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will revive their land. Stay on your feet. Let me see if I can find this. I found it today. I want to read something to you that will encourage you. Here it is. For every Mormon in the United States, there's 76 Christians. For every Muslim, there's 53 Christians. For every Jewish person, there's 25 Christians. Most of, this is a demographer. Most Americans are still Christians. There is no group, there is no group anywhere on the planet that feels like they're the minority, that is such an overwhelming majority, like Christians. I, I, you know, if, I don't know if you've been to Northport. I haven't been able to find a good church. I'm like, I think I'm like the only Christian left. Boy, the devil's a master deceiver. You got these Christians all, and, and you're watching me online. There's Christians all over the country that think they're the only one. But even back in the old days, Elijah said, hey, God, just so you know, I'm the only prophet left. God said, hey, relax. I've still reserved for myself 7,000 men that have not bowed to Baal nor kissed his face. I am looking at a group of triumphant, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled, mightily used of God, Christians that are about to enter into their greatest hour. From October 2022 to October 2023, should Jesus tarry, it's gonna be the greatest 12 months you've ever had. In Jesus' name. So rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has given you the victory. For this great victory, thinking back to where we were in January of this year. You know, last October, I was writing a newsletter, what should a Christian do about vaccine mandates? It was looking like everybody's gonna lose their job. Every kind of thing's still up in the air. I was playing videos today about people saying the military should enforce the vaccinations. And look at how that thing, the tide has turned. And when the tide turns, 
It's not just the water starts coming in. It continues to come in. As hard as the last two and a half years have been, that's how much blessing is going to flow in these next 12 months. If I were you, I'd be excited for the Lord is about to do wondrous things through and for his people. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Stay on your feet. Where's the guy that got his back healed last night? Come, quickly. Give him a hand clap as he comes up. Come on, give him and Jesus a great big hand clap. Now, these miracles have just been breaking. Take, take three minutes, tell you, everybody your name, where you're from, what was wrong. I just heard about it on the way in and, and what God did to you, how you could know. I came in last night. I, I live here in Northport. And uh, it's been about 13, 14 years. I've had many multiple back surgeries and I couldn't stand up straight. I literally, I was walking like this as I did last night when I got here. And uh, I woke up this morning at 5.22. And got up, made coffee, and I, I, I always told my, my wife if I woke up and I didn't feel pain, I was dead. And uh, it, 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 it was awesome. It, it, it actually feels weird not to be in pain. And, and I mean, if you, you try to deny it, don't deny it. Just keep the faith, stay with God, and, and he is, he's great because I, I, thought, I thought maybe I was being punished for my past, something I did, and don't, don't think it. Put your faith in God and keep your feet moving forward. Thank you. You said he was on, you were on a roof today? Come up, come up quickly. You look like you can get up here quick. No, go, go the other way or you have to hop the chair. Let me hear the rest of the story. <laughs> Folks, y'all know this is the real deal. This man would bring my mail, and I love him. He's the greatest guy in the world. I avoided him for a long time because we're going to get real close if we knew each other. We're here right now. I didn't give up on him. He did. He annoyed me. He was like a stalker <laughs> with the mail. <laughs> His wife's right there. She knows. I'm not lying. You can't fake this. You can't make this up. Bet. Bad back, bad back, turn around. Bad back, bad back. He's all right. I'm going to say this. I needed help. You don't know this. And it's okay because God's taking care of it. My wife and I lost our whole home. But I'm like, I like my home. It's stuff. I have me, I have my wife, I have my mailman. But I'm going to say this. This man was up on my roof today with me. And I thought I was crazy being up there because I almost fell off the side. He was doing more work than I was. And I looked at him, and he doesn't know this, but I said, Lord Jesus, look at him. Look at him. He's different. Not only is he different, but God healed him here last night. And this is the real God.
healing a real man. You can't deny that. God bless you. Give them a big hand clap. Give Jesus a bigger hand clap. How many feel the thing breaking? I'm telling you, it's breaking nationally. Today's not just a victory. It's going to keep rolling. It's going to be a decimation of that unclean spirit. The transgender kids thing was a bridge too far. Even for wicked people. No likey. Preacher Jay, come back up to the platform. Everybody lift your hands in your seat. I'm going to have Preacher Jay pray the same way we do in crusades. Can't lay hands on 20,000 people. But I'm telling you the way the atmosphere is right now, you won't need anybody to lay hands on you. You're going to receive, the Bible says, pray the prayer of faith and the Lord will raise them up and any, any sins they've committed will be forgiven. Whatever you would like to be healed of, how many more testimonies do you need to hear? There's nothing the devil's done to you that God can't do something about it right now. I want you to pray the prayer of faith, every hand lifted. Now receive it, turn your spirit on. Close both eyes, reach out by your faith. Make up your mind right now. If not one person gets healed tonight, I'm getting healed. If no one else gets it, I'm getting it. I want you to place your hands where you are hurting right now. Just place your hands where you are hurting. If you have a problem with your eyes, just touch your eyes. If you came here deaf, put your fingers in your ear. Right now, it's going to happen. Right now, we're going to take testimonies right now. If you're hurting, place your hands where you're hurting. Place your hands where you have the pain. It's going to depart from you today. It will depart from you. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. And I'll ask the Lord to stretch out His healing hands and touch you with His healing power. And instantly, you'll be made whole. Instantly. The moment I'm done praying, you put your faith in action and do what you couldn't do before I prayed. The moment I'm done praying, you put your faith in action. If you couldn't bend, you bend. If you couldn't rise, you rise. If you couldn't turn the neck, turn the neck. Just do what you couldn't do before. The moment I'm done praying, place your hands where you are hurting. Father, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I call over these people the exalted name of Jesus. And I give dominance to the name of Jesus in this house. And let every spirit that bears not the name of Christ, we command them to back off tonight. Spirit of infirmity, come out, 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 out of them now. Spirit of blindness, spirit of deafness, paralysis, asthma, blood diseases, in the name of Jesus, come out. Come out of them now. Out. Out. Every pain in the body, pain in the chest, pain in the back, pain in the legs, I command those pains to die now in the name of the Lord Jesus. 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 Every problem with the eyes, every blurry sight you foul spirit of blindness I command you now come out come out come out 
I command bones to come back to bones. Every every bone problem, spinal cord problem, dislocation, problem with the dicks. Right now in the name of Jesus, I command it to be fixed now. Be fixed now. Be fixed now. Oh, angel of the Lord, move in this house. Let miracle signs and wonders take place. Let there be a replacement of body parts. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Replacement of eardrums. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every problem with the womb, ovarian cysts, every problem with ad- abdominal issue. In the name of Jesus, I command you to be healed now. Everyone under the sound of my voice, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be healed, be healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every problem with the brain, Akaliga Shakena. Every problem with the mind. I command your mind to be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of insanity, depart from them. I command the loss of memory to be restored now. Right now. Right now. Be made whole. The migraine dies. Be made whole. Be made whole. Now lift up both hands and give him thanks. Let me hear your thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him praise. 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 Only believe. Put your faith in action. Put your faith in action. If you couldn't walk, walk now. If you couldn't bend, bend now. Turn that neck. Lift up those legs. Put your faith in action. Put your faith in action. The pains are gone. The disease has departed from you. Lift up those legs. Lift up those legs. Open the eyes and see. Take off the glasses and look at the lights. Count your fingers. Do what you couldn't do before. The pains are gone. The pains are gone. It has departed from you now. Bend those backs. Check for the heart pain. It has departed from you. Test that ear. The ear has opened up. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Look at me now. Everyone, look at me. If you see a difference in your body, just lift up your hands. Right now. Right now, right now. That's it. Everywhere. Everywhere. Listen, we want to do this in five minutes. Five minutes. Listen, anyone who sees a difference in your body, just come to the front. I want to lay hands on you and say congratulations. Come, come, quickly. You see a difference in your body. Come, come, look. <laughs> From everywhere. Come, 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 come. You see a difference in your body. Check that body. Put that faith in action. If you couldn't walk, rise up. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Lift up that cane and that walking aid. Walk now. Rise up. 
Rise up and walk. 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 There's that eyes. Check the eyesight. Check it now. Check it now. It's gone. It's gone. It's, what's happening here? <laughs> hey, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God. Bones have been healed already. Bones have been healed already. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Eyesights have been healed already. You see a difference already. Difference. Just put your faith in action. It's very easy. It's very easy. It's very easy. It's very easy. Just put your faith in action. The pains are gone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't even know where to start. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These are all miracles. These are all miracles. These are all miracles right now. These are all miracles. Come, look at me. What happened to you? When you said to, I had my hand on my head, I just had this pain like on my brain and you just, you, you prayed for brain. And I felt something just like a piece, just some pressure leave my head. It left my head and you prayed just that spirit of insanity leave and I've just been like just sitting in my seat just trying to pay attention and trying to listen and just felt that thing leave and I, I, I feel free and I feel loosed in my whole body and I just feel like I can actually see it's clear yeah amazing praise hallelujah shout hallelujah shout hallelujah shout hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus what happened? I've been having pain in my left knee to the point where I've been not able to sleep at night. I can't turn over, and it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. How long did you have it? Two or three months. For two or three months. Look at me, ma. Lift up the cane. Walk. 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 Give me the cane. Give me the cane. Give it to me. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. Now be healed. Be healed. Be healed. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. Finish. 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 Come. Tell me what happened to you. First of all, I just want to say to everyone here tonight, the God that we serve is real. When, you, when I put my hand on my head, but you guys don't know what happened to me. I was, I was walking to the ATM machine. I, got, I was driving, I drive to the, the bank and I got out of the car and I remember walking to the ATM machine and all I remember stepping up to go to the ATM machine, I never made it there. I fell. How I knew I fell. I hit my left side of my head so hard. When my head hit the cement, it woke me up. And the first thing when you fall, the first thing you look to see who's, who's watching you. When I put my hand on my head tonight, I've been having a situation where I forget, where I could be, talking to a person I don't remember what I'm saying 
But as I put my hand right here, you spoke about that. And I'm lost of memory. And I say, God, I thank you. And I want to say to everyone here tonight, I prayed at my seat and I say, if given an opportunity, I will testify. Last year, July, when COVID hit, I went to a family gathering in Miami and came back and I got COVID. I almost died. I was in Sarsa Memorial Hospital. I stopped eating. I stopped drinking. And I remember when I was laying there, I remember the word of God and I said, God, I am an evangelist. You call me to speak to people. You call me to encourage people. If I cannot speak, I cannot do anything and I die, who am I going to give that message of the gospel to? What happened tonight? Tonight, God touched me. And, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. How many of you had the word of knowledge about someone with a loss of memory? You heard that? You heard when I said that? Someone with a loss of memory. I knew that by the Spirit. It's done. It has departed from her. Departed from her. Just come quickly. I'm going to take two more. Just come. 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 Tell me what happened to you. I had a, a rotator cuff tear here. That's like yeah. go, it's gone. gone. How long did you Eight months, maybe. Gone. gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands, everyone, and thank him. Thank him. Thank him. It's done. It's done. It's done. What happened? Give it to me. Bring it to me. Bring it. Walk with me. Walk. Walk in the name of Jesus. Walk in the name of Jesus. Walk in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Lift up the legs and walk. It's done. It's done. Walk in the name of Jesus. Look at that. That's a miracle. 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 It will never return again. It will never return again. How long have you used this? Since 2019 or 20. I was in the hospital for 85 days, almost died. I was on, uh, for my kidneys, you know, that, that uh, machine, God, yeah, I, I, dialysis. God healed me from that. I've been healed from diabetes. My vocal cords had been partially frozen. That's why they froze up. I couldn't breathe. I, God's healed me for so many things. I praise. Walk again. Come, walk. walk. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> hey! 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 Hallelujah! Did you saw that? She's running. She's running. 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 What? I've never ran before since, since then. <laughs> God is not done with America. It's not done. It's not done. It's not done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just let's give him praise. Thank you. We can take all these testimonies tonight. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It will never return again. It will never, it will never return again. It will never come back again. 
depart and return no more. No more. No more. No more. I place a restraining order on that disease. Stay six feet away. Never come back. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know, when I sat at the back, I saw myself back on the platform praying on for the sick and say, lay your hands where you are hurting. And I didn't know you would say that again. When I sat at the back there, I had a vision right there. And I was praying for the sick again. And I said, place your hands where you are hurting. And I said, maybe this is for the days to come. And I didn't know what's going to happen right away again tonight. And God, listen, God wanted you well tonight. He wanted you well, completely well. And it will never come back again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I want, uh, look at this. This is an unusual meeting. This is unusual. Tuesday night in America to have this many miracles break out in a meeting. And then the testimonies are not common. I want you to do me a favor. Obviously, we can't take testimonies and pass the mic. But I want you to expedite things. If you would send, like my friend, uh, tell me your first name again. Jason, that I called up and gave the back testimony. They messaged the church today. That's how I knew. If you would please, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and... There's something about when you testify about it that seals it and makes it permanent. Because instead of wondering here, I hope it lasts, I wonder, you say, Jesus did this for me. And so I want you to contact the church and tell them, or if you want to do my ministry, revivaltoday.com, and, and submit your testimony. Because I would love, like we've been filming these testimonies, to leave with a whole bunch and put them on in Russia and Ukraine and Africa and Canada and the United States and all the people that are watching TV that are battling what you were battling, when they see that a normal, modern person in their generation that had the same thing Jesus healed them, it helps their faith. Can you say amen? Will you do that for me? How many of you, will you do that for me? Because it's gonna help the gospel go out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight, we're sitting just under 100 people that have come to the altar to receive Jesus Christ. 50 some, 60 some, in two nights, there's been, just like the miracles, there's been people pouring in here to rededicate their life to the Lord or that didn't know the Lord at all. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you once knew him and you fell away, you allowed sin to come in and separate you from God, and you know you need to come back to the Lord tonight, I want you to quickly put your hand up nice and high and wave it at me where I can see it. I see your hand. I see your hands. I see hands. Now we already have people on at the altar. So I want everyone that lifted a hand, move to the nearest aisle. Stand in the aisle. Everybody that lifted a hand, move to the nearest aisle right now. We're going to pray. Take a stand. Just like we normally have you come to the altar, move out from the crowd and stand in the aisle. We're going to do it like they do at Bishop Oyedepo's church. Everyone that lifted a hand and meant business with God, stand out in the aisle. In Jesus' name, just slide two steps to the left or two steps to the right. Follow that simple instruction. If you lifted a hand and meant business with God, move to the aisle. In Jesus' name. I'll give you a little time to do that. In the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands where you're standing and say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I turn my back on sin. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. 
I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my King, is my Lord, and is my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your hands lifted. Let me pray for you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Everything the devil used to mess with your life, it does not follow you out of this room. In Jesus' name, the word says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old life is dead. Behold, all things become new. Receive newness of life. All addiction, everything from when you were serving the devil, it leaves you now permanently in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. amen. Now, everyone that lifted a hand stepped out in, into the aisle. Welcome to the family of God. I want to give you two. Yeah, go ahead. Welcome. I want to give you two, two pieces of instruction. Number one, these meetings, we're halfway through already. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And that ends the week. So this is not the same thing every night. Every night builds on the night before. So don't miss Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you can't make it right at 7, people work till 6, you live an hour away, whatever. You're not going to get yelled at coming in late. I promise you the meeting will still be going on at 8.30. I, I, I guarantee you that. So come here because God, what God did tonight is only the beginning. They used to sing an old song in church, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. He keeps adding to your life. So that's that. And then you need to plug in to a good local church. And by a good local church, I mean this exact church that you're in right now. One that never shut down, one that believes the Bible, the least woke church on the East Coast. I can vouch for Pastor Tom. I can vouch for his wife. This is a great church that's a real church. So please make this your church. Wherever you grew up, as we all know, the religious landscape changed a lot the last three years. Don't Stay in some dead church. Get to where the life is. Get to where the power is here at Foundation Church. And you'll find a nice family here that loves you and is rooting for you. And that's important. Can you say amen? Well, make sure you get those testimonies in. Tell the person next to you, congratulations. You can return to your seats. In Jesus' name. Before you're seated, let everybody get back to their seats. You guys can stay here. I want to hear your testimonies. By the way, Rand Paul already won his election in Kentucky. Listen to this. So the Senate will retake the majority in the Senate and Rand Paul will be in charge of the inquest against Dr. Fauci. Oh, how the turntables have turned.
Amen. There's just all kinds of good news. Republican Jennifer Keegans defeats Elaine Loria, uh, the Democrat in Virginia's 2nd Congressional District that was a plus two district for Biden. That's Virginia. It's, it, it's, just, it's just a... Republican Eric Schmidt defeats Democrat Trudy. And by the way, if somebody's watching, because I'm sure somebody's going to clip this and say uh, they're a pro-Republican church, it's not really that. As much as one party decided to be the party of abortion and transgender children and parents not being able to have a say in their children's lives. Not just their school, their lives. And it's demonic. So... I'm not a huge fan of the GOP, to be honest with you, but the, the Democrats have decided to be the party that hosts Satan. And so they're getting cleared out. Not by church people, by Americans. I've had enough. Everybody say enough is enough. All right, so we're going to receive an offering, give you a chance to sow seed. Um, this offering is going to go to get this glorious gospel out for all the people that need miracles and need help, both in live meetings like this and then in television constantly and all, all the multimedia. If this has touched you at all and you can make a big move, and many of you have been following our ministry for a long time, I want you just to simply ask the Lord what he would have you to give and basically use this offering to position yourself for the windows of heaven to come open over your life and pour out a great blessing. If you're looking for a place to connect your seed. I'm not saying this because of me, but revival today is a all in on the gospel going forth in America. If you care about America, like, like that West Virginia crusade you saw, we do open air crusades in the United States. Just like you would, I'll be in a big church in, in Ghana. We do overseas work, but we don't leave this country out. No country needs revival and need soul-winning crusades and miracles more than the United States of America. And we're gonna take these next 12 months and not give the devil any let up. No taking the foot off the gas. Just one punch after another punch. It's gonna be the worst year the devil's ever had. Amen? Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing this whatsoever good any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Say this out loud, what I make happen for others. God makes happen for me. So as you give of your substance to get the gospel out to other people, when you put God's house and God's kingdom first, your house and your business is not allowed to lack anything. Can you say amen? So ask the Lord what he'd have you to give. And if you're able to make a large move, we've had over 18, I think 18 businesses and individuals sow six-figure seeds in the last uh, 18 months. I think 12 of those were in the last year. So if you're able to do something big, I promise you there's going to be many souls in heaven and a difference in the United States to show for it. And then obviously everybody can't do six figures. If you can do five or a thousand, you don't have to be a millionaire to give a thousand dollars. You have to be a thousandaire. I gave my first thousand dollar offering when I had $1,100 in the bank. I was excited 
to do that for the first time. This would be a great week to do the biggest thing you've ever done for the kingdom of God. If you're new to our ministry, uh, just go on our Instagram page or whatever. It, it's gonna be, your money's gonna be in constant motion, winning souls and breaking the hold of the devil off of people. So you can go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. And then uh, everything's pretty self-explanatory on these envelopes. We take about every legal currency you can take. We don't take organ donation. And that's about it. Revivaltoday.com, you can click give now. Everybody watching online, thank you for your giving. You've been a huge help to us all year. All of our friends and partners that are here, we started off with no partners. We slowly went to four partners. Then we slowly went to eight partners. My wife and I used to do our partners letters by hand. I'd do four, she'd do four. And then it went from that to, uh, we were believing for a thousand, we hit a thousand. Then we hit 2,000. And then from COVID till now, we went from 2,000 individual businesses and people who give to, it's over 10,000 now in the last month. From all over, all over the world, Asian countries and places I've never been. So I wanna say thank you for those of you that are here. We have a lot of partners and friends in Florida. And I hope you know Dallas and I love you. Dallas will be here Thursday night. And um, she'll get to tell you she loves you in person. But we don't take you for granted and we don't take your seed for granted. And neither does the Lord. As you give that, what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. I pray that as you give in this offering tonight, what you thought you were going to have to struggle for and do your best the next 12 months, God will just drop it in your lap. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and when you do, all the other things will just be added unto you. Amen. You believe that with me? Amen. Please welcome the coolest pastor without even trying. Pastor Tom Lapp. You know, let's let's go ahead and pass the buckets. And as we do, I'm just going to talk so I don't have, so we don't do both and get you out of here. Um, I sit really under two men of God. Just so you know, my pastor is Pastor Rodney Hour Brown. My evangelist and pastoral advisor advisor. I look at is Pastor Jonathan. And there are two of very much made of the same cloth. If you ever speak to either one of them, they're not the greatest in the world at receiving compliments because they have no pride. Honestly. You go go, I'll go on with Pastor Rodney, you're doing this, you're doing that, because I marvel at what he's able to accomplish. Same thing with Pastor Jonathan. And you pretty much will get a because they just know it's the Holy Ghost and they just give all glory and honor to Him. A lot of times you, you have to like prod them, like goad them. You've been hearing me speak a lot about out of the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 5, kicking against the goads. We have to almost goad them. You know that Revival Today Ministries last, I know, maybe more than this now, they feed a thousand kids a day. A day. If you're wondering where your money is going, it's a thousand kids a day. Pastor Rodney feeds 1,500 families a week. That's what they do. This is not, and this is why when I gave our money, the church's tithe is not my money, it's our money. And when I sowed that in, all of my accumulated effort over 16 years of ministry, misery, misery, ministry, I accumulated between twenty and thirty thousand. 
in the moment that I started to sow into the river of God, getting into the flow, not two years later, we own a $6 million building. You see, I mean, that's what happens. And I, and I know that everybody thinks, and I know that you're not going to think this about Jonathan. If you want to think something negative, just go ahead and bring it on to me. But every, every, everybody thinks these ministers, they're after my money. They're not. They're cajoling you out of Biden's economy and into God's economy. This is an opportunity to sow seed. And even if, even if you missed your chance at the bucket, find an envelope. This is an emergency. You know what Biden's going to pull off now that he got his tail kicked tonight and hard? I mean, it's not just a butt kicking. The foot is up the rump type of kicking. That type of kick. He's going to try to pull all kinds of stuff, and you need to be in the economy of God. Amen? So even if you miss the offering, if you miss the buckets, if you miss the envelopes, get one. Jonathan's staff is around. Find me, find Hope, find Heather, find Travis, whatever. Find Aaron, find somebody who can get you an envelope and make sure that you associate. It's not for their good. It's for your good. Amen? Pray with me, every hand in the air. Lord, bless this offering. I don't care what's in the buckets right now. Make it bigger. Make it bigger. Make it the biggest, hugest offering that there's been this week. Matter of fact, make it bigger than any Tuesday night ever in Jesus' mighty name. And the church shouts, amen and amen. Praise you, Lord, tonight. Praise you, Lord, tonight. Jonathan, you coming back up or you want me to close? Close, okay. Everybody stand to your feet with me. Every hand in the air one more time. Who's coming back tomorrow night? You got to commit to revival. You got to commit. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. You got to be here every night whether you feel like it or not. Amen. Lord, I pray your blessings upon each and every uplifted hand in this place. And even the Scrooges that don't have their hands in the air, I pray your blessing upon them too. Bless them. Anoint them, Lord. Just open the windows of heaven upon them in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a good night.